Well, hello, everybody. Thank you very much for coming back to the Broward County Commission. And uh, before we start with the public hearing, we have two very important proclamations uh, that we're going to have done today. The first is going to be by Commissioner Lois Wexler, and it's for National Mental Health Awareness Month. And it's going to be presented to Lisa Vecchi, President and CEO of Broward, Broward Housing Solutions, and Christina Disbrow, the Director of Development of Broward, Broward Housing Solutions. And there is nobody more appropriate to provide this proclamation than Lois, who has championed these issues for a very long time. Thank, Thank you, you Mr. Wexler. Will Lisa and Christine please join me up here? Christina, Lisa. Now you got some of my buds, Mayor. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Okay. As you recognize, um, a few weeks ago we did in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, which May happens to be. But this is a little special because as we as we travel with as commissioners and go through our leadership journey, and we I know we have an audience full of city elected officials here today, by the way, as well. Um, housing is indeed a challenge. And Broward Housing Solutions has led the way in our community to find solutions. So it's such an appropriate name. So if I may, for more than 20 years, the nonprofit Broward Housing Solutions has provided quality, permanent, and affordable housing specifically for people with mental illness across Broward County. And whereas Broward Housing Solutions provides homes to 349 residents at 19 owned and operated properties and landlord partner complexes across Broward County. Broward Housing Solutions offers housing to all age groups, including programs for young people aging out of foster care, adults, families, veterans, and chronically homeless senior citizens. Whereas 86% of Broward Housing Solution residents are formerly homeless. Whereas stable housing results in stable mental health, preventing incarcerations and hospitalizations, therefore saving our community over $1.2 million each year. Whereas, in partnership with local mental health service providers, Broward Housing Solutions ensures the stability, recovery, and reintegration of the residents it serves. And whereas, Broward Housing Solutions enables people with mental illness to live independently with dignity and hope. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that in celebration of National Mental Health Awareness Month, the board hereby designates Tuesday, May 24, 2016, as Broward Housing Solutions Day in all of Broward County, signed by our mayor, Marty Kale. And it gives me great honor to present this to the both of you, because I personally know your dedication and the hard work that you do. And Commissioner Holness has had the honor for the last few years of serving with you. But we were part of the inaugural group for the Broward Housing Council. And so you know the passion and the dedication that this lady has. I know you do. Thank you. Thank you. Could we take a picture? And then if you'd like yeah. to say, could we stand by yeah. me? Oh, I'll <laughs> Love to, please. Thank you, everyone, and especially the Broward 
County Commissioners. It's my honor and pleasure, and I'm humbled every single day that we have the ability, due to the generous funding uh, sources predominantly from Broward County, to house our low-income folks. 88% um, of our residents were actually homeless prior to joining our housing programs. And just today I met a woman who, with the intake, was living in her car for two years and um, she was just reunited with her 14-year-old daughter. She was a medical tech who struggled with major depression disorder, lost her job, and ended up homeless, living in her car. And I, if that's not a tearjerker, but I have to say, she reminded me once again that today, um, you know, Mental Health Month and, and also receiving this prop proclamation is so vital to our community. So thank you all for affording me the opportunity to continue doing the work that's much needed in Broward County. Thank you. Well, we have one more proclamation that I'm going to give, and it's for Historic Pre uh, Preservation Month, and I'm going to be presenting it to William Gallo, the chair of the Historical Preservation Board, uh, Sheldon McCartney, the vice chair of the Historic Preservation Board, Jeff Schwartz, and Cynthia Saunders. If you all would meet me down there, I'd very much appreciate it. I'll tell you, this is a, a very special proclamation, and the folks behind us provide an incredible service uh, to our community. And so I want to read it. It's requested by me. Whereas historic preservation is an effective tool for economic development, tourism promotion, and growth management, and helps foster local pride and the maintenance of an overall sense of place. And whereas it is important to acknowledge the roles of history, architecture, and archaeological play in our lives and the contributions made by dedicated individuals in helping to preserve the tangible aspects of the heritage that has shaped us as a county, and whereas historic preservation is relevant for all communities and municipalities across Broward County, and for residents of all ages, ethnic and cultural backgrounds, and all walks of life, and whereas historic preservation is supported within the county by the Board of County Commissioners and through Broward's Historic Preservation Board by municipal commissions and boards, as well as many other local preservation and neighborhood associations, societies, and boards. And whereas, this year's theme, The Place Matters, encourages citizens to identify, celebrate, educate others, and strive to preserve places that are important to them. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates the month of May 2016 as 2016 Historic Preservation Month, This Place Matters, in Broward County, Florida, and encourages all residents and visitors to be involved by recognizing and helping to preserve historic and archaeological sites significant to their local communities, municipalities, and to the county. And before uh, I give the folks up here the opportunity to say a few words, um, I was told that Commissioner Lamarca is finally coming in on the uh, speaker. And uh, this is an issue that he cares very deeply about, and he was hoping to say a few words. Commissioner Lamarca, can you hear me? I can hear you, Mayor. Thanks a lot. All right, you're there, finally. This is good. I know uh, you've been listening to us all day, and we haven't had the opportunity to listen to you, so it's your turn. Okay, well, I appreciate the, the opportunity. Uh, first of all, I want to I thank uh, Bill Gallo, who's uh, my appointment to the uh, Historic Preservation Board, who somehow said said yes when and ended up to be the chair. But uh, he, in particular, is somebody who cares a great deal, as I do, about our local local uh, preservation of history. Uh, spent spent a lot of time working with the Sample McDougald House uh, that I've had the opportunity to work with him on, and that's one of our 
uh, places in the historic register. We also have the world famous Caps Restaurant in uh, Lighthouse Point, uh, which is on the, on the register. And just want to thank all the members of the board, uh, Bill especially, but uh, all the members of the board really for what they've done to, to try to continue to preserve uh, our history. Uh, our, build, our buildings just aren't that old. I mean, if you go to the Northeast, they're 200 years old, and we have a 50 to 100 year building. It's historic, so I appreciate all the work that everyone's done, and Mayor, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to say a couple of words and uh, for doing this particular proclamation. Thank you, Mr. Lamarck, and as always, it's wonderful to hear the sound of your voice. Um, with that said, Thanks. would you guys, who can I give this to? And would you like, we all like to say a few sure. words? Sure, of course. What's up? First, I want to thank the commission and, and everyone present, the uh, residents of Broward County. You know, historic preservation is such an important thing in our society. There are generations that we will never meet, and the only way they will understand how they evolved was by preserving those cultural values that helped uh, those generations become what they are. So thank you for letting us do this. We have great things coming next year. And uh, I know my vice chair would like to say a few words. Yeah, I, I would just like to uh, comment on what we're doing as a historic preservation board. Uh, as you know, at your meeting this morning, uh, you improved our CLG status, and that's one of the first things we've been working on. Uh, but besides the CLJ, CLG, we've been working on some other things that are very important to Broward County. Uh, obviously, we're looking to preserve properties, and our historic preservation officer has been out there trying to identify historic properties <laughs> that we can preserve. We're also looking at some of the things that the former historic commission uh, had in place, and we're going to be working with the cultural division to not only bring these events back, but to enhance them also. So we thank you for the proclamation, and we're here as your board to help make sure historic preservation is prominent in Broward County. Thank you. Yes, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be here and to be on this board. I was selected by Vice Mayor Barbara Sharif, and I don't know if you remember, but it was this commission that um, I had to appear before in order to get the Bowles-Strawn House designated as a historical resource center. And just in case you didn't know it, that's the first, the first house that this commission designated as a historical resource center in Broward County. So you have bragging rights, I have bragging rights, and you're all invited to come. And I had to appear before the, the Broward County the Broward County Commission, Historical Commission, to get it designated. So to be part of this board now is a pleasure, and I hope to do my best. Thank you. That's so nice. Would you like to Come on, guys. Normally, Cynthia sings her talk, but she's she talking. <laughs> All right, before uh, I open up the public hearing, um, first I want to find out, Commissioner Lamarca, are you on the, uh, you still on there? Yes, I'm on the line. This is Commissioner oh, Sharif. Vice Mayor Sharif, absolutely. I like your voice better than Commissioner Lamarca's. That's good, so it's working out. Um, actually, I love them both. 
But uh, before we um, begin uh, with the yes. Sure, I was just going to give a game plan as to where we are yeah, and what we're going to do. Are we going to finish up this morning and just get out of well, the way? Well, that's what I was going to do. Let me tell you what we're going to do. Uh, for the audience out there, let me tell you exactly what we're going to do. I'm going to start by opening up the public hearing, and then we're going to quickly recess it. We have item number 49, which is I think is going to go very, very fast. And then we're going to take up the Wave Streetcar Project. And the reason being is because we have the Secretary of FDOT here, and um, I know he's on a tight time schedule, and it's a very important project to our community. Uh, we're going to get through that project. Then we're going to uh, open the public hearing once again. We're going to take items one through five, which will go relatively fast. And then we're going to recess the public hearing, bring up items 62 and 63, reopen the public hearing, bring in item six, and then we're going to go to town on taxes. And uh, that we will hopefully get to very, very soon. And so I wanted to kind of give everybody an update. And then when we're finished with that, we'll come back and we'll finish the rest of what is on the, uh, the regular agenda. Um, yes, Commissioner Holmes. Just a quick uh, comment on the... Mayor. Proclamation you did earlier. Mayor. Uh, um, uh, Commissioner Sharif, uh, Vice Mayor Sharif, um, I'll call you in just a couple seconds. Let uh, Commissioner Holness uh, uh, give a comment. Yeah, on, on our historical uh, uh, society. We have a project that we're working on, and, and my appointee to that board is leading it uh, for Destination, Destination Sistron, which basically identified historic sites in the northwest area uh, of Fort Lauderdale around Sistrunk and utilize that as a draw to bring tourism into that area. We've identified 11 churches in the area that are at least 50 years old, most of which are over 100 years old. Uh, and, and I think it's a good step for us to go forward to ensure that we're bringing uh, tourists to that area so we can help to improve the economy there as tourism is our number one industry here in Broward County. Thank you, Mr. Holmes. And uh, Vice Mayor Sharif, did you want to weigh in? At this point, Mayor, I would like to be shown as voting in the affirmative for the consent agenda and all the items from earlier this morning, mm -hmm. with the exception of item 47. I want to do this before I lose you guys again because it doesn't sound good from my end. Yeah. Th thank you, Vice Mayor Sharif. Um, can the record reflect exactly what Vice Mayor Sharif just said? She voted in the affirmative of everything but item number 47. Uh, so with that said, uh, pursuant to the county attorney's direction, I'm going to open the public hearing and I'm going to read my script. Uh, just as a reminder for those of you in the audience, please turn off or silence your cell phones. If you wish to speak on an item on this afternoon's agenda, please come fill out a speaker form located on the dais and furnish it to staff. When you are called upon, you will have two minutes to speak. Please keep your comments to the subject being discussed and address the commission in a polite manner. We do not allow applause, cheering, or booing during the county commission meetings. Um, with that said, we are now going to recess uh, the public hearing. And we're going to be uh, taking up first quickly item number 49, which was pulled by the public, which is a motion to adopt a resolution supporting the bid by, the South, Florida, by South Florida to host the Super Bowl committee. Uh, so um, it was pulled by Mr. Rand. Uh, Mr. Rand, uh, you have two minutes to speak. It's good to see you as always. Uh, I just wanted to offer congratulation, congratulatory comments in the affirmative for securing the Super Bowl. And uh, it's been, I think, 10 years since we had a Super Bowl. And unfortunately, the million to one odds, we had a deluge in the middle of the Super Bowl. And uh, whether that scared everybody away, uh, fortunately, we had a chance to see 
Prince sing Purple Rain in the Purple Rain. That, that was incredible. And I saw him the night before on South Beach. He did a show there, a private show and all. Um, but with upgrades to what we still call Joe Robbie Stadium, some of us, uh, we look forward to uh, having a Super Bowl once again in South Florida, which is a great impact to our economy and uh, is a, a great foot forward for us all here. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Ms. Ren. Yeah, go for it, Stacey. Thank you. Very good. Hey, I didn't make you do a proclamation, so you can read it. You can do it. You can move. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. Oh, yep. Show the item passes uh, unanimously. Commissioner Lamarck, are you on, the, are you on there? Show it, show it passes eight to zero. Uh, we're now moving on to um, the Wave Streetcar item, uh, which is item number... 57, which is a motion to approve the interlocal agreement among Broward County, the City of Fort Lauderdale, and the Downtown Development uh, Authority, allocating funding responsible for the local share of any cost overruns associated with the Wave Streetcar project. Um, before uh, we come back to the County Commission, uh, we've had uh, Mr. Rand uh, had asked to speak on this issue. Uh, so, Mr. Rand, uh, you are up. Thank you. Um, just a few quick comments in that um, the wave has been proposed is kind of, uh, I don't know how tried and true of a technology it is, but um, it's kind of the future mode of transportation in the downtown area and has limited uh, areas that it's going to and uh, it's going to be extremely expensive and uh, it's since we have other items to consider on transportation taxes and whatnot this is not really an auspicious start to the way of project which is apparently behind schedule and over budget to begin with and uh, state DOT has taken over the forefront on on the wave and apparently the county and city will split if there's a catastrophic circumstances of cost overruns. Uh, and that's, that's a questionable and iffy thing. Um, but just on the idea that there's so much uh, afloat on transportation, it's not a very good putting your best foot forward. It's not your best foot forward to begin with. Thank you, Mr. Rand. And uh, I appreciate your brevity. I forgot to start the clock. Thank you very much. Um, it's now back to the County Commission. And uh, the first person that asked to speak is Commissioner Holness. Commissioner Holness. Yes. I think I've made several statements on this over time. Uh, I'm not against the wave. I think it's a good concept. It's a good idea for us to do it. And the original plan uh, that was in place to start uh, downtown here, go to the courthouse, to the hospital district, and further to go down to the airport and the seaport, great. The trouble I have is when, against the county's objection, we put the northern loop in. Even 
with this board having a meeting that basically says we need to get more information to have it studied. Somehow, we're preempt from having any participation in the dialogue, in the discussion, and in the agreement. I have a memo here from Ms. Henry to the WAVE Partners dated July 15, 2015. And I'll just read a couple parts of it, if I may. To the assertion that the county was on notice of the city's intent to add a northern loop and did not raise objections until now, when the county first learned of the desire to include a northern loop, it expressed its reservations in writing to SR, SFRTA staff, October 2014. A month later, the city of Fort Lauderdale placed an item on its CRA commission agenda to fund a northern loop without notifying the county separately of its intent to do so. In December, the SFRTA board took action to approve the Northern Loop and enter into a separate agreement with the city based on the FS, F, SFRTA's determination that a change in the actual rail alignment from what it was agreed to by the partners on the ILA was actually a betterment. The county was present and spoke about its concern at, the, at that meeting. The county again placed the entire partnership on notice of its concern and desires to have additional information before the loop and the final design at the January 28th meeting with the FTA. The FTA provided as an action item to SFRTA the provision of requested feasibility analysis and assessment of impact to operations and maintenance. So it's going to cost us more as a county to operate this because we will be taking that cost on. Yet, we're excluded from being at the table to make this happen. And there are other troubling issues with this item. And it goes on further to say it's basically an, uh, uh, an addition wouldn't be considered a betterment, solely a betterment by experts. That said, on that side, the city is taking, I believe, about $7 million from the Northwest CRA to fund this project. Northwest CRA covers almost all of the Sistrunk area. The money's generated from there. Yet, that northern loop doesn't cross the tracks. It goes back downtown. Many believe this is real robbery of the poor people in the northwest for Lauderdale area to benefit the wealthy downtown. That is not fair, that's not just. In fact, it's unconscionable that those taxpayers 
west of Andrews Avenue, are paying for this system, yet they don't get the benefit of this going into their neighborhoods to help them. And that's the 33311 area. According to sources, 9% of the people in the Northwest area use transit, compared to 2% in other parts of the city of Fort Lauderdale. Yet they're not benefiting from this. That's where we ought to be putting this thing, to ensure those folks have the ability to get downtown, to get to the beach, to get to the airport where there are jobs so that they can earn a decent living to provide for their families. Where's the uproar? Where's the concern from all of us? Where's the Sun Sentinel? Where's the IG? Where's, it's, it's, it's just not conscionable at all. If a, if, a, if, a, if a person from this neighborhood were to go to Los Olas and shoplift $100, within a minute they would be handcuffed, locked up, and sent to prison. Yet this community is being robbed of the opportunity to use those dollars to enhance that area. And they're paying for it. It's not right. It's not just at all. Now we have this item to take on, possibility of more cost. I cannot in good conscience support this. Now if the alignment had stopped at say Andrews and Sixth, for a future date for it to go over to the other side of the tracks, maybe I wouldn't object so much. But when you take it and you go there and then spend more money to take it back downtown, which is not that far a distance from Andrews and, Cist and Northwest Cistrong to go down to 2nd Avenue back to our station, 2nd Street. That's wrong. That is very wrong. We ought not move forward until some provisions made to ensure that the people in that area are benefiting from their tax dollars that's going to fund this item. There's no provision to do so. In this very chambers before us, we're told a study was being done. Later I find out the study, according to Ms. Henry, wasn't about moving the, 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 the wave rail system across the tracks, but about density for the area. That's disingenuous. That's wrong. And where's the study today? It's been three years now that these folks are being studied. And when the Northern Loop was done, was there a study done, Ms. Henry? Do we know of any? I, I cannot speak to a study. We, we weren't told about any. We asked for information that we didn't have. A, there was no study done. In fact, it was stated here, no study was done in this very chambers before. Yet, we're talking about a study for the other area that clearly needs it more. The city, I understand, is undertaking through consultants some sort of study to figure out 
how to improve mass transportation. And one of the people that were interviewed sent me a note. So basically when they were interviewed, they offered choices as to where they would like to see transit enhancement and improvements in the future. It was offered choices of focusing areas such as Southeast 17th Street, Las Olas, Wilton Manors, Victoria Park. No such choice was offered for Sistrunk Northwest Fort Lauderdale. So it's, it, 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 so, so it's done already there, but ongoing today, there's no intent to help these people, to help the people in the Northwest, to help the folks who need it most, who can benefit the most, who will be more productive to help economic upliftment of the area and increase the opportunities for the people in that community, in the Northwest area. This is our community. We cannot continue to leave communities behind as a community or as a nation. We have to change that. It cries out, it begs to us and this commission to take some action, to at least express some outrage at what is happening. Commissioner Ryan. We don't want to lose sight on, on what we're considering here. Uh, initially, the, uh, the, the capital expense uh, was going to be borne by uh, the DDA and the um, City of Fort Lauderdale, along with the very large federal share. Uh, the project administrator was SFRTA. Uh, SFRTA realized at the point where it was going to get very close to construction that um, a project administrator uh, through, through FDOT with a much higher level of expertise in these type of, of uh, endeavors would be the way to go. So um, as part of the agreement, FDOT required that the county be the responsible party and share in one half of the capital uh, cost uh, overruns. And uh, the county initially had not had any obligation county agreed that it would be the owner-operator of the system once constructed. Uh, but the county stepped up to the plate first to recognize that there was a need for uh, the SCADA system for uh, a stronger uh, communication and some um, uh, enhancements uh, at the area where uh, the, uh, the vehicles would be, would be stored. Uh, then we got to the point of the northern loop, either it was going to stop on sixth and at that terminus at that northern terminus and then it would reverse itself or it would loop so uh, that was discussed at the sfrta it was ultimately agreed upon i was there as the county commission appointee to the sfrta i understand commissioner holness your concerns and i have said that if at some point that we have a study that reflects that the ridership warrants an extension that loop can be extended from the loop and it can be extended west onto Sistrunk. So it's not impossible, it's just not in the initial phase that we are uh, we have before us today. So uh, I'm going to ask that the item both A and B be approved. I know that Commissioner Wexler 
wish to be recognized, but uh, when appropriate, uh, Mr. Mayor, I'm prepared to make the motion. Thank you, Mr. Ryan. Commissioner Wexler. Thank you. It's my 12th year here, and I've been living with it for the entire time, and there's still not a shovel in the ground. I know Chris and John and others out there have been with it from the beginning as well. And, but the beginning is about 14 years ago, something like that. And I really was hoping that there had, would be a speaker or two that would sign up and have spoken today. Um, there wasn't, so I guess it's going to have to be up to a couple of county commissioners to be able to make a few statements into the record here. This has been, if nothing else, an on-again, off-again, more <coughs> off-again love affair. And we'd get a little bit of movement, and then we'd take a step back, and here we are today. And I, I honestly do not want to belabor anything here, because we have the choice that I have in front of me is the following. I think we're in a really good place. And the really good place is that FDOT agreed to take over this project from the SFRTA. In that wisdom, they have also made a business decision and a recommendation to go from design, bid, build to design, build, which now holds both entities, the contractor and the architect, equally accountable moving forward. And with that recommendation out of FDOT, it also, and we knew this when we had our workshop six weeks ago or so, knew that there would be an increase in cost. And one of the things that staff has been doing is meeting and attempting to defend and protect the people of Broward County through the Board of County Commissioners action item that's before us today to mitigate the risk. So what we really need to ask ourselves today, and, and again, I think that what Commissioner Ryan said is this is a start, it's not an end. There are, and through study, there has got to be expansion of this but I'm still looking for the shovel to be in the ground here. Um, it's very expensive, but the, the white paper that's been presented and the language and the agreement that's been presented to the best of our staff and legal mind's ability protects the commission, i.e. the taxpayer, as best they can. There may be down the road, I don't know, more money that we will have to identify. We hope and pray that's not the case. In 2017, in spring of 2017, when those bids come back in, everybody will have a much better idea, and there's a ceiling also identified in this document. But if it comes in somewhere between the basement and the ceiling, this board is going to be asked, along with the city of Fort Lauderdale and the DDA, to identify additional resources. That's the risk. And FDOT, let's not forget FDOT, they've agreed to 50% of this. So it is significant. It is 
either we sit here today and we say, I'm out of it, no more, I walk away from this thing. And let me tell you, over the years, I've been tempted to do that. But prior boards bound future boards. And they did that some 14 years ago through initial action and initial grant applications to the federal government. We have been trying to make the very best of it, or as I say, turn the lemons into lemonade. And I think that this item before us today demonstrates either we move forward and we try and hope that we've mitigated that risk as best as can be done, or we walk away from it. And I'm going to support the item that's before us today and, and, and hope that everybody works very, very hard and that FDOT works hard to make sure that this project comes in underneath the ceiling and close to the basement. Thank you. Seeing no further speakers, I want to just thank the uh, FDOT secretary for being here today. Uh, Wait, he had, who, who is the FDOT secretary? Uh, uh, Jerry secretary, no idea. Jerry Riley. He is. Oh, Jerry Riley. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah. I, he's, he's the, the district, district secretary. District secretary. District, district four secretary. secretary. District four secretary. Oh. It's a big district, Lois. You all told me it was the, the Florida. It's You're very important, too, we promise. But still, <laughs> that's okay. So they fibbed us. They did fib us. That actually, but no, it's okay. We, we really appreciate you being here. And seeing no further speakers on the matter, uh, is there a motion? There's oh, a motion. Uh, Commissioner Ryan. And so I move. Second. Hold on, Mark. I move that both uh, item 57A and B uh, be approved. And I will comment with respect to uh, Jerry O'Reilly. He's been very helpful. And his comments have been to the effect that um, the, the vision and the plans of FDOT long-term on metropolitan areas include light rail. This is why FDOT is continuing to make this commitment, both picking up half of the cost for the, uh, the SCADA improvements and half of the cost for these capital overruns. I think it's, it's very important to recognize that FDOT has stepped up to the table, recognizing how important light rail is in Broward County. I move item 50. Uh, 57A and B. There's been a motion. Is there a second? There's been a motion and a second. All in Mayor. favor signify by... Oh, Commissioner LaMarca? Commissioner LaMarca or, Com or Vice Mayor Shreve? Yes, yes, sir. I, I just uh, briefly just wanted to weigh in. I've been listening. Uh, with regard to our, our partner being dot and the work they've put in, in on it, I heard Commissioner Hall's concerns, and, and certainly that is that is something that I'd be supportive of when we can do it. Uh, but if we don't build the, if we don't build the initial phase of this, we'll never get to the airport and seaport, which is tremendously important for us to connect those two enterprise operations as well as uh, the business that's going on in both those places. So with, with that, I'm supportive as well. Thank you. Uh, there's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Show the item passes eight to one uh, with Commissioner Holness dissenting. Um, Oh, oh, uh, Vice Mayor Sharif. She's not. Um, uh, uh, oh, uh, seven one. So it's seven one. Thank, thank you, Vice Commissioner Holness. Uh, yes, uh, Commissioner Bogan. Uh, yes, Mayor. And, and this morning I pulled fifty eight from consent, and I only have one minute comment. I'd love to be see if we can get that out of the way real quick, if that's possible. Sure. 
We can. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely honor that. Um, yeah, after, we're going to do, we're going to do item number fifty-eight, and uh, and then just to let the folks out there know, as soon as we're done with that, we'll then move into the uh, the public hearing portion of this uh, of this meeting. Item number fifty-eight is a motion to adopt a resolution directing the Board of County Commissioners pertaining to uh, towing, and it has been uh, it's sponsored by Commissioner Bogan. And there are a few folks in the public that have asked to speak, but Commissioner Bogan, you're the sponsor, so I'll let you kick it off. Sure. Um, this ordinance, which has to do with tweaking of towing, uh, there's a few things that I was involved in that I just wanted to bring out to the commission. Um, things that I think that we're gonna be doing now in the county regarding when your car is towed that has never been done before. First of all, we're gonna require tow companies towing cars um, without um, permission, not involving law enforcement, but towing cars. Uh, we're gonna require them to take pictures of the front, the back of the car, the violation of the car, and any visible damage. I think this protects the public and protects the property owners by requiring towing companies to take pictures of a car before the car is towed. Second, uh, people have the right to pay by credit card when they get their car out of a lot. And I've been told while many towing companies honor that, there are several towing companies that have their credit card machine always broken. So requiring the consumer to pay cash, and maybe that consumer doesn't have cash to pay for the car. So in this ordinance, if a towing company does not have a working credit card machine, the person will be allowed, the consumer will be allowed to take their car at the moment without paying, and then the, and then the towing company will be responsible for getting their money later, uh, later from the uh, consumer. Um, third and last uh, that I uh, wanted to bring out was many parking lots require tickets to be placed in the front of the car. So we had a situation where a lady parked her car, she backed in, so she put the ticket in the back of the back instead of the front. They towed her car saying the ticket was in the front. So whether the display is in the front or the back, the car will not be towed. And hopefully between the pictures and the credit card issue and the uh, front and back receipt, hopefully that will eliminate a lot of problems with respect to towing. Thank you, Mr. Bogan. Uh, there are two members of the public that have signed up to speak. One is for questions only, which is Keith Polyakov. Uh, the other one is Mr. Russell Rand. Uh, Russell? It's good to see you as always. I love Russell. He's a great guy, and he has the best outfits ever. It's, but it, you know what, though? But it's just positive reinforcement, <laughs> which is good. Uh, after you, Russell. Um, anything you can do to tighten up uh, against the towing companies who, who are just predators, you know, is, is a step forward. And if you've been towed, and I've been towed off public land, towed off a public easement, I mean, what gives somebody the right to tow me off public land? And I've been towed in Hollywood where as soon as the guy hooks your car, you got to pay him the cash. No credit cards, cash. Uh, and I was towed recently parking in a uh, private lot. Probably shouldn't have, but it, it's midnight. You know, when you get towed at midnight, nobody's doing any business at midnight, you know. And recently, off Los Olas, somebody put a private sign on their private property that says no parking tow zone. But it's on their property. It's not on the public line. So um, I didn't get towed, but I got two tickets from the city, you know, which is like $75. 
and it depends on the person actually ticketing to, and I know easements from my experience with the county, et cetera. So I know where the easements, where the public and private is in surveying, so I know exactly where. Um, and these are, you know, maybe, maybe they're not smart enough to figure out where the, where you should be ticketing or where you should be towing. And a lot of it, that problem derives from the, uh, the person in the tow truck or person issuing tickets. But anything you can do to stop the predatory nature of this business. If you break down and you need a tow truck, that's what a tow truck is for. If you're blocking somebody's driveway, that's what a tow truck is for. If you're parked at 2 o'clock and you're not shopping in that store, tow me. But not at midnight or whatever. Or give me parking tickets for a bogus fake sign. It's a bogus fake sign. And I'll talk to the city of Fort Lauderdale to straighten that out. Thank you, Mr. Thank Rand. Um, there is, uh, it appears that Mr. Polykoff does want to speak, uh, of course, absolutely, and uh, whenever you are ready. Thank you, Mayor, uh, members of the Commission. Keith Polykoff, here on behalf of the Sunshine State Towing Association. Uh, first and foremost, I'd like to say, uh, thank uh, Commissioner Bogan for all of the help he has done uh, with the industry um, to work with us and to try to bring back modifications that are good and stop what the resident previously just spoke of, which is truly unscrupulous practices that uh, the industry would never condone or um, in any way um, want to see happen. And we think that what Commissioner Bogan uh, has proposed goes a long way to pre prevent a lot of those practices that were uh, brought up. There are a few minor tweaks that we're going to continue to work with Commissioner Bogan and staff on ironing out just the little ways of, uh, of making modifications for things that can be done. Uh, for example, Commissioner Bogan brought up the credit card processing issue. If someone's doing that, not processing a card to accept cash, it's a horrible practice. So instead, things that we'd like to see is create a situation where every vendor has to have a secondary credit card practice, whether it's even just calling up the telephone, which you can do 24 hours a day and getting an authorization. And if they fail to do that, then they are severely penalized by the county, um, you know. And so there, there are ways of making modifications that protect both the industry. Uh, what we were fearful on that particular matter uh, was a situation wh which happens where a resident will produce a credit card and it will say declined and they'll say your machine must be broken. And so because of that, we just want to continue to work together to get language that works uh, for both industries. Uh, finally, you know, uh, one thing that we want to add is the right for condominiums and homeowners association to be able to have their management companies to continue to tow um, when the owner may be sleeping or off. And we'd like to continue to work with uh, Commissioner Bogan and staff to add that as well. So we thank you for your time today. We look forward to coming back on the June meeting to bring a uh, ordinance that everyone will support. Thank you, Thank Mr. You. Polykoff. Uh, there are two members of the county commission that had asked uh, to uh, pull this off the consent as well. Um, the first was Commissioner Wexler, followed by Commissioner Furr. I am but going to make a very brief statement and comment. Um, I, I'm very glad to pass the baton to you, Commissioner Bogan. Um, I do no longer want to be the towing commissioner. It is yours, for sure. Um, however, there is one thing that actually started years ago, um, particularly with the predatory towing around Sawgrass Mills Mall, and my um, friend, Mayor Ryan, brought the issue to all of our attention, 
and much of what you see in the current ordinance was a reaction to protect the public as a result of that. Now let me fast forward now, and I don't know if anyone from Sunrise is here today or not, but not too long ago there was an action taken by the city of Sunrise against a towing company that stepped out of line again, and they debarred them. And the mayor called me and made me aware of it, and I made Lenny aware of it before the final action took place. And lo and behold, after the final action took place and we were looking for reciprocity here, our lawyers decided that, oh, the language isn't clear enough, and so the language is not going to reflect that's in there. But now what's before us, we'll fix that so that if a city winds up taking action, going through a hearing officer, a board of city council or commission takes an action, this body has the ability to do it countywide on that company. And I bet you, just like what you proposed with the um, charge card, there will be far better behavior out there when there's a stick attached to it. So I think that what we have in front of us is really taking it up the next level of protecting the consumers out there in Broward County, which is what we all want to try to do. Great. Commissioner Furr. Thanks. I appreciate the um, changes that are on this. The only part that I don't support is the additional 2.5% on the charge fees. I'd like to take that out of there, um, it, unless there's some reason you... I, I, one of the complaints that the towing industry that I met with said was, so the pictures, remember, we're now requiring any time a tow is done, unauthorized tow, they have to take pictures of the front, the back, the towing violation, like the meter, and then they have to take any damage. And we're requiring them to save those pictures for three years. So there's a cost to that. So they said, look, it, we're not getting any of our costs. Sometimes credit card charges are 4%, sometimes they're 2 or 1.5%. So how about an average? So we at least can get our costs back on the credit card to offset some of the costs for the pictures. And I thought that was fair. And so that's why I, uh, I, I did that. I, I, I hear that, but I'd, I'd rather see that not, be, not in there. Uh, because, I, well, I mean, if you're, you've already been towed, you've already had to pay for storage, you're already getting, you know, you, you're getting hit three different ways. I, I'd prefer to see that not in there. I'd like to make a, a motion to amend that to take that out of there. Now. Yep. Well, I say we can, um, if, if it's okay, on, on any of these motions or amendments, why don't we um, have it in writing for the public hearing, and then we can all digest it and, you know, right, really. that's fine. I go, I, I'll bring it up then. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Holness. Yes. Uh, on, on the additional charge, 2.5%, it, it would probably best that it's not there. However, we must acknowledge that the towing companies have cost also right, I, when I, they I, utilize their credit card. And, 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 and what we're doing is force, forcing them to make that an option. So we ought to at least allow them to be able to get compensated for the extra cost that we as government are forcing them to take as a business practice. We can. It's a. I'll bring it up then, uh, Commissioner. Commissioner Bogan, would you like to move it? I, I, you know, I just want to make sure uh, with um, Mr. Polykoff that he, he, there are some great, there are some towing companies here that do care about. And, and do care to follow the law. Obviously, we're you know we're concerned of those that don't. 
Um, and so I think that uh, there's been a lot of support in trying to get some consumer protection. And I know that I'm going to be a little off beat here, but uh, my last agenda item, number 66, the scams are the elevator companies, and we're going to go after them in number 66 today. So uh, we'll be talking about that later. Anyway, I want to move it. Second. There's been a motion and a second. Hey, I'll say, I'll, is it Commissioner Lamarco, is that you? Yeah, just just a brief, just to, to, to add on to what what Commissioner Bogan just said, there are, we have we have people in Broward County that that care about their their jobs, their industry, and what they do, and people like Sean Scalzo and some other folks uh, who are very involved in, in that industry. And granted, there are a few there are a few uh, very very poorly run businesses, just like any in any industry, but they're the they're the minority, not the majority. And what I would say is that. We don't want to put that image on the entire industry because I, I know those folks have come to me and there's an association and, and they worked very closely with us when we were doing the, the boot ordinance and other and other fees with telling and all that. And, and this goes this goes to fix the bad the bad actors. But I want to make sure that we don't uh, we don't we don't lump everybody in the same in the same bunch. So with that, I support it as well. Thank you, Commissioner Lamarca. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed. Aye. Show the item passes eight to zero. Uh, we're now going to uh, recess the morning meeting and we're going to pick up the public hearing. So I call the May 24, 2016 public hearing of the Barrow County Board of County Commissioners to order. The public hearing for item number one is now open. Item number one is a motion to adopt a resolution amending the Broward Administrative Code um, pertaining to the public right of way jurisdiction. Are there any public speakers wishing to be heard on this item? Seeing none, uh, is there a motion? Move it. Is there a second? There's been a motion and a second. All in favor second. of item number one signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? So item number one, number one passes unanimously. The public hearing for item number two, which is a motion to consider the Marine Terminal Lease and Operating Agreement between Broward County and Crowley Linear Services, Inc., is now open. Are there any speakers wishing to be heard on this item? Seeing none, is there a motion? Move it. Is there a second? There's second. been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. All opposed? So item aye. number two passes unanimously. The public hearing for item number three, which is a motion to adopt a resolution of Board of County Commissioners uh, approving Broward County's fiscal year 2016-2017 act annual action plan is now open. Are there any public speakers wishing to be heard on this item? So moved. Seeing none, there's been a motion. Is there a second? There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. All opposed? Aye. Show the item passes unanimously. The public hearing for item number four, which is a motion to enact an ordinance of the Broward County Commissioners adopting a small-scale amendment to the Broward County Comprehensive Plan is now open. Uh, are there any public speakers wishing to be heard in this matter? Seeing none, is there a motion? Move it. Is there a second? There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. All opposed? Aye. Show item number four passes unanimously. The motion, the, the public hearing for item number five, which is a motion to enact an ordinance to the Board of County Commissioners uh, amending the Broward County Comprehensive Plan is now open. Are there any public speakers wishing to be heard on this item? We actually have one, but it's for, it is Dennis Mealy for questions only. Uh, there are no questions for Dennis. Uh, there are no other public speakers wishing to be heard. It's now back to the county commission. Is there a motion? Move it. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Show, item, show item number five passes unanimously. Mayor, and Mayor, if, if I may, uh, let the uh, minutes reflect that my vote for the previous items were in the affirmative. We are now uh, going to... Mayor? Yes. May, I'm, I'm sorry. I just wanted to cl clarify for the record that on item number two, 
the vote was just to pass it forward to the second public hearing. Yes. There's no formal action today. Yes. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Myers. Um, there is, uh, we are now going to once again recess the public hearing, and we're going to once again reopen the morning meeting, and we're going to call up items number 62 and 63, because remember, we're hearing that along with item number six together. Those have now been called up. We're now going to reopen the public hearing, uh, which is uh, the public hearing for item number six is now open, which is an ordinance to the Board of County Commissioners pertaining uh, to a potential increase in the sales tax. Uh, what we're going to do is we have a number of folks that are wanting to speak on this matter. At first, uh, people in the audience, just to let you know, signed up to speak on all three items. Uh, but what we're going to do is we, rather than taking people uh, three different times and everybody's here to speak on the same thing, uh, I had my staff put together uh, every single person in here, and you can, you're going to be able to speak once, but feel free to speak on all three matters. Um, and what we'll do is, truthfully, since uh, people have opened it up to speak more than once and we don't have a whole lot of speakers, I'm actually going to make this uh, three, give you three minutes to speak for each one. How is one? So, uh, three, three minutes. So with that said, uh, the first person uh, that is coming to speak on uh, the public hearing number six uh, to kick it off is Mayor Dan Sturmer of the City of Weston. Mayor, Mayor before yes. you begin with the public testimony, um, uh, it might be appropriate to do an introduction of the items that are on cons under consideration. That I, I agree. Um, so with that said, before we go to uh, Mayor Sturmer, um, you know, um, I believe the person that has worked on this the hardest for the county has been uh, Commissioner Ryan. And so, Commissioner Ryan, if you would like uh, to kick it off, and then I'll ask Ms. Henry if she'd like to add anything, and then we'll move on uh, to the public. So, uh, Commissioner Ryan. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, for the past year, uh, the, the county has been... Uh, in on and off discussions uh, among its membership. We've had uh, some workshops. Uh, we've, we've discussed at some of our public meetings a um, local option sales tax for transportation. Uh, along the way, as the county has engaged the cities in uh, an effort to, to reach an agreement on a direct allocation of a portion of the transportation funding directly to the cities, uh, we have uh, gone through some level of negotiations. I want to thank Commissioner Wexler, who was involved. As she was not a member of the MPO, she was able to enter into uh, some discussions uh, with uh, with Mayor Cooper of Helena Beach, and I thank uh, Mayor Cooper for her ongoing efforts. And I know that uh, she had discussions also. Did you have discussions with um, uh, Commissioner Roberts? Okay. Not discussions, just talking. Okay. And um, uh, an effort was made to, to reach some uh, consensus, and there was, uh, before the MPO membership, there was a vote on a, um, a penny sales tax for transportation for a 30-year term with a division being 70% to uh, the county to be used for regional transportation and transit projects. Uh, the vast majority of which would be within the 31 municipalities in the county with a 30% direct allocation to the cities. Uh, it passed initially at the MPO membership 19 to 6, but it was brought back the following meeting on a motion for reconsideration. Uh, at that time, uh, it was voted down 22 to 4, so it was quite a change in one month. Uh, these circumstances, uh, I think, have led to uh, a change that's under discussion now with regard to uh, the county's position. And so when we take up item number six, uh, we'll be dealing with an ordinance uh, with respect to the 
uh, penny sales tax for transportation. You'll also see that there's an amendment to lower the, uh, the penny to three quarters of a penny to reduce the term from 30 years to 20 years. And that was based upon some discussions that we had in the dais uh, of this county commission recently. Uh, there's some language with respect to the oversight board as to its composition, its authority, its ongoing oversight with respect to uh, all approved transportation projects. You also have uh, before you, you have uh, the county draft of an infrastructure tax, as you are well aware. Most of the cities, uh, the population of most of the cities uh, have uh, decided uh, pretty much unanimously to go forward with an infrastructure tax and uh, the language that uh, has been submitted by the county upon advice of the county's uh, legal counsel um, is, is such that um, it makes a level of specificity with regard to the projects that will be funded by the infrastructure tax. It also adds a 15% allocation for economic development projects. So with that, uh, I think the item is, is properly before us. Uh, thank you, Mr. Ryan. And uh, before we move on, uh, I want to ask uh, Mr. Myers, I think it's important. Um, could you please uh, brief the county commission and the public as to what is the responsibility of the county commission under the charter? Uh, what are we required to do uh, with regard to the infrastructure surtax uh, that the uh, cities have passed? Well, I, th I think as uh, has been pointed out by council for uh, several of the municipalities, the statutory subsection on infrastructure surtax is not a model of clarity. Uh, our view of it, however, is that the infrastructure uh, surtax must be put on the ballot by the county commission pursuant uh, to an ordinance. And that's why uh, the first step today uh, is to basically set a public hearing. The language in the draft proposal is something that can be discussed, could be modified, could be negotiated. But at the end of the day, it is our position that the county commission on June 14th, which is the last uh, meeting, uh, needs to enact an ordinance that puts the infrastructure surtax on the ballot in November. So just um, uh, for clarification purposes, even if um, there are some folks in the county commission that do not support an increase in the sales tax that would not have voted to put the other to put it on the ballot, uh, since cities representing more than 50% plus one of the population have passed resolutions uh, to, to put, place something on the ballot, we are required uh, to vote to put it on the ballot. Yeah, so the only caveat that I would mention is, as you know, municipal council has taken the position that through the municipal resolutions, they can directly place it on the ballot. We do not believe that that is the better construction of the statute. And if uh, it is our hope that a majority of you uh, we'll vote uh, to push this forward and to put it on the ballot. If that doesn't occur, then uh, who knows what the fallout of that will be. But yes, you should. It is our uh, a belief, our opinion, that you have to put it on the ballot, and we hope that you do support it and push it forward. Thank you. Um, with that said, Ms. Henry, did you want to add anything before I move on to the public? No, I don't. Thank you. Thank you. So now we have a number of folks that are here that are willing to, uh, that would like to speak. Uh, the first person is Mayor Dan Sturmer of Weston. Dan, it's always great to see you. Good afternoon, Mr. Mayor, Commissioners. Daniel Sturmer on behalf of the City of Weston. Before I begin, what I'd like to do is ask every member that is of the uh, audience that is here today that is either an elected official, a member of staff, or a member um, of a city attorney's office to please stand. It's a lot of billable hours. <laughs> and well worth it. Thank you. 
Let me begin by saying this is not an issue about the MPO. This is an issue amongst Broward County and its 31 municipalities. And as the mayor said, you have been provided with resolutions that cover 94% of the population of Broward County. Your job, as asked by the mayor and at first acknowledged by Mr. Myers, is ministerial in nature pursuant to 212.055. Not your job to change the language of the infrastructure resolution that was uniformly passed and replace it with your language. We would ask you to carry out the mandate of the state statute. I'd ask you, since the mayor has limited our time, I'd ask you to vote no on item 62. I'd ask you to vote no on item 63. And I'd ask you to vote no on public hearing number six. If you're moving forward with item 62, what I'd ask you to do is substitute in the resolution passed by deuses encompassing more than 94% of the population of Broward County. Not the one that you're putting forth today, because that has been voted on by deuses across this county. I can't remember a time in the recent history where 94%, Deus is covering 94%, uniformly took a position and came here and spoke about it. Some people, as you know, agreed to 911. Some people didn't. Some significant sized cities. But you have here today resolutions representing 94% of the population of this county. If you want to go the way you want to go, why don't you just disband all 31 cities and you can have the whole county? Because if you think your knowledge of what we should be doing is better than yours, or yours is better than ours, have at it. That is not what the cities want. The cities have been trying for a long time to have a collegial relationship with Broward County. Commissioner Ritter and I spent months at Starbucks working on that when we brought forth the RRB resolution. We did it through the E911 conversations. While some of those might not have been pleasant, we got it done. We're doing it now with Commissioner Furr as well as, and the rest of the board with regard to waste and the future of waste. This is not about who's right and who's wrong. But what you have before you today is a ministerial act. We'd ask you to carry it out. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, Mayor Sermer, I just want to let you know I. It's not my intent to limit your time. It is our procedure at the County Commission that every single Broward County resident, regardless of who they are, is entitled to three minutes to speak before the County Commission, and uh, everybody needs to be treated the same. Um, the next person uh, that is up is uh, Mr. Russell Rand. Uh, hey, Russell. As always, good to see you. You know, <laughs> again. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. Um, well, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this whole thing, you know, because both sides are trying to do different things again. And um, um, infrastructure, some cities are better than others, obviously, uh, better off, and some need it desperately. And there's a, a, a transportation problem, an issue uh, throughout the county where we're just overrun. But this, this, you know, speaks to the issue of you can word it whichever way you want, and, uh, you know, you, you just don't have a unified vision or, or theme here. And uh, uh, when it gets to the taxpayers voting on it, actually, they're going to be confused about the whole darn thing uh, and whether they're going to go for it or not. And this is, what's the words? A dedicated funding source. So this is a big reach on the part of government 
to jack up taxes, people are still going to think, you know, and don't tax me and don't tax you, tax the person behind the tree type thing. Um, kind of reminds me of Solomon, you know, whose baby is this? And he pulls out the sword to divide the baby. And um, the more you overload it, uh, the harder it's going to be for the average person to differentiate what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and I pick out the words like in the inf infrastructure where it throws in climate change. God, climate change. 15% for the convention hotel. <laughs> More money, I mean, it, it's not paying, paying for itself. Uh, beach renourishment, which the federal is not paying the money they used to do. So one way or another, you're you know, increasing taxes and you're throwing in everything but the kitchen sink here. And uh, when you... And even, you know, after the big short of the recession, people are still hurting and smarting from the big short. And whether the government actually works or not. And if you were brave, you just increase the property taxes. But you're going to pass it on to Cousin Vinny who's coming to town or whatever. And the tourists to the beach, and, you know, somebody else is going to pay for it instead of the property owners. Um, And, you know, this is confusing the taxpayers, whether you can get, oh, the, the, the sell of, you know, that item's not $10, $9.99. It's not 30 years. It's 20 years. It's three-quarters of a percent plus 1 percent. Either way, it's, you're looking at, a, you know, a 2 percent jack-up in taxes to people who are still smarting and hurting from what's gone on recently. And people wonder where the money went. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Rand. Um, the next person on the queue is Mayor Joy Cooper, followed by Commissioner Bruce Roberts. Mayor Cooper. Good to see you as always. Good to see you, Mayor. Thank you for being here. Good afternoon. Um, thank you um, for uh, allowing us to speak. I wanted, and many of you know how engaged I've been in this process and working, and it has been an honor and privilege to work with you, um, Commissioner Ryan, Commissioner Wexler, um, Bean Fur, and, and actually all of you uh, over the past couple months. And at the MPO meeting, I have uh, stressed and I've continued to stress as the city of Hallandale Beach, we've been poised either way on either one of these issues, whether it was the transportation tax or the infrastructure tax. And I think it needs to be said that the infrastructure tax was always discussed. It wasn't something that is just all of a sudden coming about. It was always an alternative. It was uh, put forward. And we preferred to go the route of working in collaboration jointly with the commission to see what we could come up collectively and solve. With that said, I think we're at a point now that we need to decide what the voters will support. What will the voters support in Broward County? We have an opportunity, again, as I've stated before, with the transportation tax, now with the infrastructure tax, to have a transforming ballot measure on the ballot that will impact everybody's quality of life in Broward County. Infrastructure is extremely costly. Municipalities only have limited revenues to pay for infrastructure demands whether it be in Hallandale Beach with an $182 million basis of design report for our infrastructure needs, or whether it be a Western community 
that wants to address their flooding or an eastern community like Fort Lauderdale that needs to address climate change like all of us along the border. Beach renourishment. We know that there is an extreme deficit, not just in Broward County, but nationally at an infrastructure level. So we have an opportunity, and the cities have come together collectively to endorse an infrastructure tax that will take some pressure off of our residents. It will be also paid for by tourism tax dollars. So the issue hasn't necessarily changed. The percentages have changed. But that, I don't think, is any fault of the municipalities coming to the table collectively and working. It is what voters will support. I always like to take myself back and, and talk to people that aren't involved or engaged in government and ask them what their opinions are. And it's quite interesting sitting and having this dialogue over a, a dinner table and saying, you know, I've been working on this issue. What do you think about this issue? And voters get when I talk to them and say, if you pass this as a municipality, I will be investing in your streets. I will be investing in street lighting. I will be interested in flooding. And yes, I might buy a new, new bus. I will add sidewalks. They get that. When I talk to them about transit, the reality is in this county, there is a vast difference about how people support transit. So I am here to encourage you to stay committed to what statutorily you're required to do. Put this ballot initiative on the ballot, but don't muddy it. Don't Thank muddy it up with other initiatives. Don't muddy it up with other proposals. Move forward collectively. We all will benefit from this. Thanks, this Mayor will Cooper. put $127 million into the county Thank annually. Thank you, Mayor Thank Cooper. You. Thank you very much. Uh, the next person is Commissioner Roberts, followed by Commissioner Sandra Welch. Thank you, Mayor. Appreciate the opportunity to speak for you. And by, here, by the way, I'm here on behalf of Mayor Seiler and the entire City of Fort Lauderdale Commission. And Mayor, I like your idea of combining these things. Oftentimes at our commission meetings, we'll go one by one by one. I like the fact that they're all related. We get to speak to them all at once at one time. So again, I appreciate that. And I'm going to take that back home. Hopefully we can do the same type of thing. Also, Tim, I want to thank you and Lois for your hard work on this whole effort as we've been going through probably almost a year now. And as you know, I've been involved integrally in that type of thing too, trying to create a win-win scenario for everybody on board. And I still think that the current uh, infrastructure proposed by the majority of the municipalities in the county representing a majority of the population of this county, I still think we can get to that same win-win situation. And you represent those same people that we represent, and it's, it's as indicated earlier, I don't ever remember having a, a, that, that, a heart, that much of a, uh, of a, of a, of a uh, overwhelming support for one particular item to go forward with. And actually going back in retrospect in our conversations, I take away from our relationships, we were almost there on that transportation surtax, and I feel the positive takeaway from that was a relationship was created and the ability to work together like we did, Lois, with the, with the E911 system throughout the county. So I think it's been a, I want to keep this as a positive route where we go, but I think we need to keep it simple and, and bring to the voters the one item that all the municipalities want to support, and, and let's get that done that way instead of confusing everybody on what to vote for. And I can speak all of the municipalities here have their issues they can deal with, but just in Fort Lauderdale alone, I know we don't talk regionally, and that's one of the things we have talked about in the past. We have $1.3 billion worth of needs that we can use the infrastructure surtax for. $800 million of that $1.3 billion, by the way, is for transportation-related needs. 
So I think those needs that we have will coalesce with the plans that the MPO has going with this 2040 LR long-range transportation plan and the county's plans. I think we can achieve these same goals together and work together in that type of collaborative relationship. But the municipalities need that flexibility to use the money for the specific needs within your municipalities. And in Fort Lauderdale, it is, again, a lot of it's transportation-related, it's complete streets-related, and it's infrastructure. It's infrastructure under the streets with the water and sewer lines we have trouble with all the time. You read about it. I think we created, a, uh, unfortunately, a celebration every Christmas or holiday season when one of our water or sewer pipes goes and causes a lot, wreaks havoc throughout the city. We need to get away from that. We need the money to be able to repair those types of things. And as we talked about the climate change and the rising sea level, without a doubt, all the infrastructure deterioration is being uh, is a catalyst to that destruction. It comes with with the sea level rise that we that we see in the eastern communities in particular. But as you all know from the studies that have been conducted, as we go forward into the future, the western municipalities are going to suffer the same needs with with infiltration with sea level rise that will occur within Barrow County to do something about it. So again, uh, on behalf of the all the municipalities here, please let's keep it simple to one particular item. And continue, though, with that positive relationship to work together to make it work for everybody on board. Thank you very much. Thank you, Commissioner Roberts. Uh, the next to be heard is Commissioner Sandra Welch, followed by Commissioner Jerry Graziosi. Hi, Commissioner Welch. Good afternoon, and thank you again, Mayor and Commissioners. Uh, I'll keep the preface very simple. Uh, I was one of 25, county, uh, 25 cities that voted this particular resolution and we would like to keep it intact and uh, move it forward to the ballot exactly as we voted and approved. Some of those uh, possible projects that we were thinking about uh, potentially using for the one cent infrastructure tax uh, sales tax projects were $52 million in total and not all of them were just about transportation. Uh, several were public safety items, including two fire stations and police department renovations, and a comprehensive street improvements, which who doesn't need that? So please, we respectfully ask that you uh, consider our resolution in its entirety and its full wording and pass it in that regard forward for the November election. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Welch. Uh, Coconut Creek. Uh, the next is uh, Commissioner Graziosi, followed by Mayor Skip Campbell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Nice to be back again. Uh, I'm probably in a unique situation here. Uh, I formerly, I've lived in the unincorporated area and came down many times to the county commission when there was issues pertaining to our neighborhood. We had a good size area up there. and. Uh, one of those projects was the Neighborhood Improvement Project, NIP. And in our area, that was $23 million, and the county did that. And you know why the county did it uh, when we had our meetings was because it was the infrastructure. They wanted the unincorporated areas to go into the cities, but there was serious infrastructure. My neighborhood was built in 1958. Uh, I've lived there 44 years now. Uh, over 30 of them president of the Homeowners Association. And uh, five years ago, they put me on the city commission. I'm probably one of the few people from an unincorporated area to be on a city commission through annexation. But when I've talked to my group, and they know about the NIP, when it first came, I had a lot of complaints. But when they saw the benefits, the sidewalks, the fire hydrants, the new water and sewer lines, all the improvements that were done to the swale for drainage, 
Our last project is going on now. They're digging the canal, which was the last project. Bailey Road was widened. I sat there and I said, it'd be nice to see that in the rest of the city, which is over 50 years old. It was started in 1963. And the original sections, I welcome to take people on a couple of our roads. I think there are roads in third world countries that are better than a couple of the roads we have because I have a poor community. I know there's poor people in our area. And we have to sit there and look how are we going to fix that if we don't do an assessment for the utilities and the other items that need to be repaired, the road paving? When they talked about some of the infrastructure, when we discussed it at MPO and other meetings, we couldn't really get an answer. Like, well, you can repave the road, but no one could really tell you about the pipes, the sewer, the water, the curb and gutter. So we looked at everything. I looked at the transportation. I looked at all of it. The transportation didn't do anything for our city. It provided a bus route on McNabb Road, but if you're on McNabb Road in our city, it's a thoroughfare. There are no routes that interconnect, so nobody would be brought up to a bus route. And the other item was 26 bus shelters over the 30 years. So when I looked at all of it, the infrastructure, because of the other areas of the city that are older, they really need it. They need to be brought up to the standard that you brought our community up to. And they deserve it, but they don't deserve to be having another assessment where they would be spent more on taxes. It would affect them more than a one-cent sales tax, which would be at least 30% from the tourist. So when I looked at everything, representing our city on the commission, we support what all the cities have is the infrastructure surtax. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, the next on is uh, Mayor Skip Campbell, followed by Mayor Harry Dressler. First of all, good afternoon, Mr. Mayor. Good afternoon. Commissioners. Uh, proud to be here. I'm honored to represent the city of Coral Springs. You know, there's a word called cooperation. And it actually is spelt by two letters, we. And we're all elected officials. And you have an opportunity to try to make sure that the wishes of the citizens, and by the way, we've got to remember this is going to be voted on by the citizens as to whether or not they want a taxation. But 94% of your cities have asked you to put on a ballot a measure that will pay for infrastructure. And those are needs of each individual cities, and they have individual needs. Now, Kenny Rogers came out with a saying, you have to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And Commissioner Ryan, I am not going to sing it because I can't sing. <laughs> but I think the Sun Sentinel hit the nail on the head this weekend in their editorial. We cannot have competing, competing resolutions or votes on the ballot. Or you're going to have nobody voting for any type of tax increase. And you're going to lose a momentum. Because when you put it on the ballot and if it goes down by the voters, you're not going to get it back on another ballot for another 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And this county is aging out. Uh, and we do have a lot of infrastructure needs. So I would encourage you to understand that the cities have thought this out. It's been debated before, I think, 28 of our city commission meetings. And we have an opportunity, we, collegially, to put this on the ballot to see if the citizens want it. So 
I encourage you to understand that if you put on any competing ballot issue, you're probably going to doom everything. And we don't need that. We need to be leaders. We need to be the community's voice as to what is needed by each community itself. So I would encourage you, please, think about what the cities are asking you and put on one ballot initiative because if you put on two you're going to lose and doom everything i thank you for your time and thank you for your service thank you mayor campbell uh we now have uh, mayor harry dressler followed by charles king thank you mr mayor and uh, honorable commissioners and staff um i'd like everyone to take a step back from our normal ways of looking at things, either as county commissioners or as mayors and city commissioners. Let's take a step back and look at things strictly from an impersonal public policy viewpoint. The issue of infrastructure is not solely a city issue. Infrastructure is a national crisis in our country. It is a state crisis in our state, obviously. People in Tallahassee know that. It is a county crisis, and indeed it is a a city crisis. Now, that, that being said, if we look at things f like a finance guy like me would, you get three budgets to consider here, not two. Yes, there's county revenue issues and the city revenue issues, but I think we have to look at the third most important budget, and that's the budget of the people who sit at a kitchen table and wonder how they're going to pay their mortgage, and, how they, and, and, and people who wonder, how am I going to pay for my kid's school without getting buried? So it's the homeowners. The city proposal allows for the cities to reduce millage rates in whatever proportionate way they decide per city is, is, is relevant, as well as generating a different kind of a revenue source so we can deal with um, infrastructure issues on the city level. And I, I know that, the, that there are people who wonder what we mean by that. Let me give you an example in the city of Tamarack. In the city of Tamarack, how would we spend, uh, in addition to reducing millage, and, and discussions I personally have had with the city manager, we're, we're looking to reduce millage every year, five or six years out. How much, I don't know, but that's to be decided. But that's our number one priority, even ahead of the issue of how do we spend monies on infrastructure, such as, in my city, to be very specific, a 10-year repaving plan for our streets two new fire stations. Think of that in terms of saving lives. Not in terms of money, in terms of people who wake up in the morning and are breathing and need someone to come and save their life. Or put a fire out so that everything that they have doesn't burn down. How about uh, rebuilding one of our existing fire stations? We need the money for that, we currently do not. How about two new parks? For the young folks in our city who are moving in with little kids, young families, average median, 47 years old, we need two parts. How about 25 new bus shelters to augment and supplement what we've already done? And how about extensive corridor improvements in our city who's looking to rebrand ourselves higher, not lower? Signalization, corridor walls, landscaping, and signage. So what I would ask all of us to do, and I think I know almost everybody here well enough to say this, let's put our egos in our back pocket, let's take a deep breath, Let's cooperate, as one of my colleagues, uh, or many of my colleagues have said, and, and let's do the right thing for the people. Thank you very much.
Thank you, Mayor Dressler. Uh, our final speaker is Charles King. Hi, Mr. King. Hello, thanks for letting me speak. I do have to work occasionally. So um, uh, I, I think we need infrastructure far more than this, this tax that uh, the county would levy for transportation. Um, everything I've seen is that it's mostly buses. The last thing a lot of us want to see are more buses on the road, uh, more, more bus stop habitats and that sort of thing. It's, it's just it, an advertising that goes with it. It's just I don't, I don't think you're going to get people to vote for that. Um, we have crushing infrastructure needs in my city where I live in Fort Lauderdale. We have this, the ocean is just pouring over Los Olos Boulevard. I mean, we, we have seawalls all over our city that need to be raised. And the money has to, it, it's billions of dollars. It's a staggering amount of money. We would much rather see it go towards a, 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 a societal challenge like that than putting more buses on the road. This seems to be something that is being pushed by business because they want to put more cheaply paid employees on the road. You know, and they don't, they don't care about our quality of life and whether we're walking around in two inches of water half the time. That, that's not going to factor into their, you know, people on vacation aren't going to care, I guess, is what they figure. So aside from, there's just so many things. Our water pipes are exploding all the time. If you ever notice those huge holes and usually happens on Christmas Day or something, we have, you know, politicians run these cities and they tend to, like, work on things that people can see and not things that people can't see or something that's going to blow up 10 years from now. So, like, it, it, you know, micro... Our resurfacing of our roads, we don't resurface our roads. We're doing some sort of cut rate micro resurfacing throughout the whole city. It's, it's, uh, it's chronic. There's no way to get the money other than to start getting the tourists that start chipping in and the people that, that, that don't pay property taxes. Uh, there's no income tax in Florida. There's, there's just, it's all in the property taxes. So I just see, you know, I've heard at, at city meetings that uh, Commissioner Ryan has said that he wasn't going to put forward a competing tax if the cities came up with an infrastructure tax. And I would like to see him honor that pledge because now I, I read in the paper, it makes it sound like you guys are looking to queer the deal here type thing and put something on there just to like stop this from passing. <laughs> this needs to be passed. Maybe wait a couple of years and you could do a transportation thing. There's a lot of crossover between these things, but I mean, there's way more merit to my way of thinking to infrastructure because everywhere around the country, everybody knows our infrastructure is terrible. In, in Fort Lauderdale, it's really terrible because we have such traffic from the tourists, from all the building that's going on, and, you know, I don't know what Bruce Roberts said. He's, I saw him here. He probably spoke already. But, um, you know, it's bad. We, we need the money. This is the way to get the money to fix the things that are going to, like, sink us. And more buses does nothing for us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's the, uh, the last public speaker, so we're going to come back to the county commission. And uh, we'll start off with Commissioner Furr. Thank you. Um, I do not want to see both of these on the ballot. I don't think it makes sense at all. Um, to have competing ballot language dooms both of them, and there's too many needs in this county to do that. That doesn't make sense at all. I also don't think that the, the, that the language that, it, that we're looking at today on 62 makes sense. That's not what the city's passed. I don't know, I'm not sure how we are able to substitute language that, they, that every city passed and suddenly we are doing a carve-out that it has not been passed by all the cities. That, that, that does not seem right in any, in any sense of the, you know, the, that I can see. It should be the, the language that they passed. They've, they've gone that far. They've, they've passed, you know, whatever the percentage is. And that language should be what is on the ballot. For us to come in at the last minute and substitute what we want to put in there, um, the 15% carve-out for things that we can still get 
when it passes, such as beach renourishment, which I know that's in there, um, those are that, that those kind of things we can still make sure that we uh, carve out for ourselves within within our money that we get and with the money that they get. Um, there's a lot of needs. There's a tremendous amount of needs both on the infrastructure level and on the transit level. We can't. We're not going to be able to be able to do them all at once. But this is going to go a long ways. Infrastructure. I would love to have seen the transit pass, the transportation tax pass. But that's not good. That isn't. That's as far as I'm concerned. That's a done deal. And we shouldn't be trying. To, we we need to recognize that it didn't pass. It, it's not going to. Uh, for us to start thinking that we need to put both of them, it doesn't make sense. Um, and so and so we're left with the infrastructure tax. That's okay. There is an awful lot of overlap there. That will that will that will take care of a lot of complete streets. Ninety percent of the streets that are in the county are in cities. So you'll have a, a lot of repaving, a lot of that. It will allow us to do, uh, at least on our, I, what I look at on our 10-year plan, the very first, there's $500 million of infrastructure capital costs right off the bat. So let's take care of that. That's, that's dealing with signalization, is dealing with all kinds of things. That's, that's a win-win for all of our residents. This has a much better chance of passing with the cities. People love their cities. They do. They don't necessarily love their county. And that's it's sad to say, but because people, what they do is they, they, re, they um, relate to their cities. They do. And, when, you, and when, each, when each city says this is what they're going to do with that money, they know what that's, they can, they can relate to that. I strongly urge us to put back the language that was in the in the original infrastructure tax that went through all the cities, and I, I'm going to make a motion to substitute that language on this on this, and take out what was put in, because I don't think we should do that. So I'm going to make a motion to substitute that language, and I'm going to. I am not going to support the transportation tax. I, obviously, I was a strong proponent of, the, proponent of that, all the way up until it is now that this has to go on the ballot. It has to. We don't have a choice. It is, you know, by statute has to go there. So why are we going to mess it up? Why are we going to try to put a transportation tax on there? It doesn't make sense. We need. This is a time for cooperation. We all have an, an enormous amount of needs on, on the infrastructure level. Let's make the most out of it. Let's find a way to work with the cities and find where, are, where we can cooperate Mayor, and, and make... Excuse me, Mayor, when, when, when he's done talking, could you have him restate that motion? I could not hear it. I'm sorry. Well, I got actually, uh, Chip, um, if you, uh, Commissioner Lamarco, if you could hear me, uh, what we're going to do is I believe everybody's probably going to speak on this matter, so we're just going to go around the queue, and when it gets to uh, your turn, I'll call on you. Okay. So I'm making a motion to, to bring back the original language that was on the infrastructure... Um, resolutions throughout all the cities and take, the, uh, take out the language that we substituted, that we put in. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Wexler. I've thought long and hard about this, and I have, um, first thing I want an answer to is from Mr. Myers. 
the letter that came in, the joint letter that came in yesterday afternoon, and thank you, Mayor Sturmer, for forwarding that to us um, at 10 something last evening. At least it gave me the opportunity because I didn't get it as I thought it would have come out as additional information yesterday. It came out this morning as additional information. Um, but it was delivered to us at four something yesterday afternoon. Got it. There's a letter here with the joint um, heading of Weissarota and Gorinchura. And in there, there's certainly reference to and specificity regarding the authority of this item to go ahead and take the liberty to modify the language the way the mo language has been modified. I emailed you last evening, I forwarded it to you, and I asked, told you that I was going to ask this question today. So I, I, I think that's the first thing that I really want to for understand. Um, your, I'll guess our or your legal interpretation of that state statute. Because for me, seeing that 15% economic piece um, is a significant liberty to have taken in um, formulating the language. So if you'd address that first. Yes, of course. Thank you. Well, there, there are two ways that you could look at item 62, and I think both of them are legally permissible. The first way is that the county commission is empowered to put on an infrastructure ballot question just of its own doing without regard to anything that the municipalities have done. So certainly if the board wanted to do that, the 15% is perfectly appropriate and the description of the projects is also perfectly appropriate. The second way to look at it, and, and really the way we look at it in our office, is that it is the responsibility of the county commission under the statute to put this forward uh, and send it to the supervisor of election by enacting an ordinance. The statute uh, gives two tasks to the municipalities. Number one, they call for the levy of the tax, and number two, they state the rate. Nothing in there talks about them drafting the ballot provision. Th this is not just a formalistic argument designed to uh, somehow impede the ability for that question to get uh, on the ballot. There are legal concerns that we have with the ballot language. For example, the county is entitled to, without regard to the 15%, the county is entitled to approximately 40% of the proceeds under the statutory formula. Yet the county's projects may not adequately be described in the city's language, in the municipal proposal. Uh, secondly, we have some concerns with other portions of the language that I would prefer not to telegraph in the event the language goes forward uh, as drafted. Uh, and, and thirdly, is the 15% issue, which under the statute uh, seems to be the, the prerogative of the county commission. It says notwithstanding any other section of the statutory, sec of, of the statutory subsection, which is infrastructure tax, uh, that 15% may be set aside for economic development purposes. So whether you look at it as a freestanding ordinance that the county commission wishes to put on the ballot with its own language, or is the county commission acting in its responsibility to enact an ordinance to basically put on the ballot what has been drafted by the municipalities, either way we think that it's consistent with the statute and we disagree with the legal analysis that's contained in that letter. So in the legal analysis is a reference to the city of Palm Coast in Flagler County and they directly sent their um, 
proposed resolution which had the language um, within it to their supervisor of elections. Yes. What's the difference between that action that has already taken place and stopping the cities in Broward County from directly placing it on the ballot and bypassing the Board of County Commissioners directly to the um, supervisor? Well, actually, they have done that. Their, uh, their resolutions, I think, and they can, uh, Mr. Cole or Mr. Gorn can correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is that the resolutions did directly send it to the supervisor of elections and direct the supervisor to put it on. So in, in that sense, uh, you know, the county commission, considering its own infrastructure language, may be a fly in the ointment okay, to their so proposal. Then what your position is, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, Thank you. that, and yeah, I know, you're not going to let me. They, <laughs> they've already done that. So their ballot language would consequently be on the ballot, whether I take action or not? No, what I started out oh. saying when, when the, the mayor uh, asked me to, to uh, speak for a sentence or two about uh, the statutory section is that it is not a model of clarity. I, I think that uh, everyone that's looked on it, at it, certainly everyone that I've discussed it with, both inside the office and outside of the office, believes that it's a difficult statutory subsection to construe. I think an argument can be made that the municipalities have direct access to the ballot, which is what they've done and which is what you're referring to in the Palm Bay case. Although, things happen all the time, and if they're not challenged, we don't know if they're valid or not. So I haven't seen an appellate court decision on it. I haven't seen any challenge on it. So I can't say that that was done properly. That said, I, I don't know the answer to whether they can directly access it. That may be something that gets uh, resolved by some sort of challenge to it, whether this, whether this board decides to go forward with this infrastructure tax proposal or not. Uh, okay. I, I'm so not sure if that was responsive. Yeah, better, because unless it's challenged and a higher court, a court would make a decision. Right now, I guess Palm Coast submitted it, Flagler County Supervisor accepted it. It wasn't challenged. That's that. I'm not, I'm not aware of a challenge. I don't right, was. exactly. Right, so that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. And since it wasn't challenged and there's no... Um, 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 ruling, court ruling, um, that's, so you don't want to, you, you don't want to take a chance. Well, it's the, the best view or the best construction of the statute, in our opinion, and, and Commissioner, okay. we had a lot of lawyers in our office spend a lot of time looking at this. Right. It, it says that uh, it's to be levied by an ordinance put on by the Board of County Commissioners, and it also talks about whether it's the, the Board of County Commissioners' action or it's as a result of actions taken by municipalities within the county. Uh, so it, okay. it's a... All right, thank you. That, that's enough on that. I really believe, like you do, Beam, that what you passed needs to get on the ballot. But that's a whole different conversation about respecting what we pass as a Board of County Commissioners, which is a different road than you're choosing to go down 31 cities. But I respect your right to do that. And that's where the difference is in this conversation here. Because I heard many comments about the people, the people, the people. Um, 19 members of the MPO two months ago voted to support a transit tax. 19, the majority. 
And a month later, it was a total reversal of what had occurred the month before. Mayor Cooper and I spent a number of hours conferring, digging, analyzing, coming to some type of a compromise that we believed was worthy. However, and I again respect the city's and the town's rights to move forward with what they think is in the best interest, but please respect my right also. And having played very close role and an integral part in this entire dialogue. And also understanding at least the plan that was proffered by this board and the county staff. And I've yet to see a plan proffered by the cities other than referencing my, your five-year plans. What I find very, very difficult to ever support is infinity at forever. And what you've put forward is just that. There is no end in sight. I think, for me, that that is a major flaw. I have followed so closely the Palm Beach effort because I think that we can learn an awful lot by their collaboration and cooperation with each other, not just the county and the cities, but other entities, other governmental entities as well. You know, the editorial this weekend really went to the heart of neither one of them are cooked, neither one of them are ready. But you're not withdrawing the infrastructure one cities. And the county, I, I, I hope the county wants to move forward on what the county believes is in the best interest of the citizens for a transit tax in Broward County with an end, with an oversight board and let the public decide. Let the people decide what they believe is in the best interest. And if we can't do that, then let's withdraw both of them and continue working together in harmony and cooperation on what's best for the residents of our community. Certainly two cents isn't what's best for them. Not at all. So. My position is I support what language you would like to see if you insist on moving it forward. I will support that because I think that what we've taken liberty to do, although it may be legally defensible, and that's one thing I'm not as an attorney, but I, I, I just really believe that it is the honorable thing to do to proffer the language that you're asking for. But it's also our right as a Board of County Commissioners to proffer what we believe is in the best interest of the taxpayers. So I'm going to support your language and I'm going to support some form of a transit surtax. 
I don't know what it's going to look like at the end of the day, whether it's going to be a penny or three-quarters of a penny, whether it's going to be for 30 years, 25 years, 20 years. I don't know at this point. I think we will have that debate. But that's my position. I can't shed any more light on it than that. Um, and and um, I look forward to hearing from the rest of my colleagues. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wexler. Not yet. Uh, Commissioner will, Ritter. Not yet. I want to hear from the rest. Thank you, Mayor. Um, this, this, um, these kinds of issues that have been um, bubbling, boiling, ever since I joined this Board of County Commissioners nine and a half years ago, leads me to wonder why it was 20 years ago this previous commissioners decided that they were going to attempt to annex all of Broward County residents into a city and if a city wouldn't take those residents because the city wouldn't pay for the infrastructure required, then we allowed the creation of cities. Um, this would not be happening if there weren't 31 municipalities in Broward County. And to former Representative Jack Tobin, may God rest his soul, he did us no favors. Um, I'm wondering why there's no end date to this infrastructure surtax. Commissioner Wexler brought up that it goes on into infinity, and I'm, I'm wondering why it was that, uh, if, if anybody can answer, I don't want all 20 of you to stand up again, um, but can anybody answer why there was, there was never a discussion, or if there was a discussion, why it didn't happen, that there, um, well, Part of the reason, Commissioner, is in order to bond it, there needs to be a continuous time because hypothetically, if a city wanted to bond something 10 years out and it ended 10 years later, there's only so much capacity you could get out of doing that. So you need the continuous role in order to bond it going forward to get the true leverage out of what's available. Okay, thanks. And by the way, thank you all for putting us on my last meeting. Much appreciated. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's my party yeah, gift. Hey, we didn't have a workshop. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have shown up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've heard that 94% of the population of Broward County uh, is represented through the uh, passage of this resolution. But as always, when those kinds of numbers get uh, bandied about, I wonder how many residents actually sh actually showed up at any of these meetings to discuss to discuss this and. You know, I recognize that we do things that we believe are in the best interest of the public, but when you throw around big figures like 94% of the residents represented support this, well, no, people who represent 94% of the population supports this. And I wonder if you actually, you know, Mayor, if you actually like knocked on doors, which I know you don't like to do, <laughs> but um, if you actually, I mean, I wonder if we all went door to door and talked to 94% of the residents of Broward County if they would actually support either the infrastructure surtax or a transit tax. I, I would venture to say that uh, a majority of them wouldn't support either one. So um, those kinds of numbers really don't, don't move the needle for me. Um, I heard today that the infrastructure surtax was always an alternative. But to be honest, and speaking from, uh, from Speaking as someone who is not as intimately involved in this as um, some of my other colleagues, it seemed to me that the county was working toward 
a unified voice with the, the municipalities through a transit tax. Commissioner Ryan in particular was taking the lead on that with this Board of County Commissioners and you did an exceptional job of that. Um, and I feel like at the end of the day, we were as a county blindsided. That we, we, that we worked and worked and worked to, that the MPO originally voted for a transit tax. Um, and we were continuing down this path, hoping that things had actually turned a corner, which we've been promised with the cities would be happening after the 911 and then after the RRB, and now things are gonna get better and it's gonna be great and we're gonna go, you know, skip down that uh, yellow brick road together. Um, that none of this seems to have happened. And while the cities appear to speak, be speaking with one voice on this, the voice that resonates in my head on these kinds of issues is that it's always the same. That the county on every single agenda every week, there's millions of dollars that gets spent, that gets, gets put in municipalities' coffers. And I can't recall many times when in my nine and a half years here I've ever gotten a thank you from a city for doing that. Um, as a county, not just me, but as a county, thank you. Thank you for neighborhood improvement. Thank you for cultural grants. Um, thank you for the Resource Recovery Board settlement. Thank you for funding 911. Um, I've heard today that if we pass our transit tax, it'll muddy up the other proposals. Well. Let me tell you, in my opinion, the infrastructure tax has muddied up the transit tax, and it was done on purpose and in bad faith, and not in friendship, and not working toward a goal of making this county the best place that it can possibly be for the 1.9 million people who live here. It's the same cities versus county mentality, and I can hear all day long to put my ego in the back pocket. My ego is out the door, but I wonder where other people's are. It's very, very upsetting to sit here after nine and a half years and hear the same rhetoric from the other side of the dais over and over and over again. This, this county funded the Resource Recovery Board settlement and the only time it didn't become contentious was when we put up tens of millions of dollars, which is all it was ever about in the first place. And now, oh my God, all the cities look around and they say, what are we gonna do with waste? Let's reconfigure the RRB. Let's do something, but we don't really want the county to take a lead on this because, you know, we represent 94% of the population. Um, the only time the 911 issue didn't become contentious, the only time that went away was when we voted five to four to fund it so that the cities didn't have to raise their millage rates. And now I hear that they all want to be heroes and they get to lower their millage rates when they get a windfall from the infrastructure surtax. Um, the truth is our residents need both. They need infrastructure and they need transit. And the people who come here need both. They need infrastructure and they need transit. Um, a, trans, a transit centric board, the Metropolitan Planning Organization voted to fund ambulances and city halls. And I wonder where in the mission it says that that's what they're supposed to do. Now, when we had a workshop on this and I said that I didn't 
believe that an MPO was required. There were gasps in the room. Oh my God, did she actually say that? Um, and it's not the people who populate it, but I just think that the mission of the MPO, which is supposed to be, I mean, the M stands for Metropolitan. I actually think that we should just rename it here at Broward County and the M should stand for Municipal because that's what it's become. It's become a municipal planning organization where whenever you're given a spreadsheet, this isn't one, but a spreadsheet of projects, the first thing you do is go flip to your own city to see where you are on the list and then complain when you're too far down on the list without thinking about the metropolitan nature of the county and of the region. Mayor Campbell, you talked about cooperation. I would love to see cooperation, but I can tell you from the perspective of this county commissioner, we have cooperated and cooperated until it hurts and feel like it's not returned. And I'm sure that's not your perception, but I feel that having represented the, this area for nearly 20 years as an elected official, that it works both ways. And it just feels like for the near decade I've been on this board, there's been a lot of handouts, cities asking the county for things that the county ultimately gives. Um, but it doesn't work two ways. It so, it's so feels like it's a one-way street, which is honestly one reason I want it out, because I'm so tired of the constant battle between the cities and the county. Um, and perhaps I'm, I've participated in it to too to great an extent. Um, perhaps I've been too county focused, but that's the title of my, uh, of my office, county commissioner, and I have to think about what's best for the entire county, not for just even the district I represent or the four cities I represent. I would suggest that if the effort is doomed, each side plays a role in that not the least of which are the 31 municipalities who chose to put an infrastructure surtax on the ballot and come to the county commission knowing that this man has been spending years to put together a transit tax that everybody could get behind. I don't know what the honorable thing to do is today. I don't think that. I don't think that there's any harm. Let me let me put it this way: If this wasn't a money grab, then what's the harm in putting the county commission's language, the county attorney's language, on the ballot? If it's not a money grab, see that's the spirit of cooperation that I would like to see. I would wholeheartedly support this infrastructure tax and while I'm not going to go out and campaign for that because I'm going to be non-political as of June 4th, um, I would have come to the, this table if, if any of you, if half of you had come up here and said, we would like to cooperate with you and not be at odds and we understand and recognize that halfway would be to support the county attorney's language and let's all go forward and support an infrastructure tax, I would have been cheering from the rafters today and thinking that yes, maybe we finally had turned a corner in our relations. But 
as usual, we get municipal officials who come to, who come to the county and say, in the spirit of cooperation, do it our way. We would like the county to be cooperative and do it our way. And that's not cooperation, that's being co-opted. And as a member of this Board of County Commissioners, I refuse to be co-opted. So, I would support putting the county's language on the, uh, the infrastructure surtax. And I'm gonna withhold judgment on the transit tax until I hear from my colleague, Commissioner Ryan, who has spent more time on this issue than I have, but probably not as much time as I have speaking <coughs> on it today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Ritter. And before we move on, I just wanna mention um, a few of us, uh, not a few of the county commissioners, but myself and Ms. Henry and actually Ms. Wellman got a text from Ms. Grossman where she was very successful and we are gonna have the Super Bowl here in Brera County in 2020. So that's great news for our community. It is. With that said, Commissioner Ryan. Are we gonna build a new stadium for that Super Bowl? <laughs> no. We, we should if clarify, not, the it's Bowl, the South it's Florida. It's gonna be in Miami-Dade County. Florida. It's South Florida. It'll be in South Florida, okay. No, that's true, right. South Florida. So. Last I heard, nothing's gonna be in right. Don't nothing. be so sure. Don't be so, so sure. So several, several months ago, as part of a very deliberative process uh, of discussion among the members of this county commission, um, we debated at length uh, an infrastructure tax versus a transportation tax. We discussed the priorities, the policy, uh, discussed the regional needs, uh, discussed traffic congestion, methods to alleviate traffic congestion, uh, put forward a comprehensive plan, and the spreadsheet that Commissioner Ritter was referring to is the spreadsheet that uh, discusses in categories uh, funding under uh, various percentages of a penny sales tax uh, for transportation. It was the consensus of this board that transportation was a higher priority than infrastructure for this community as a whole. And this is what our role is. We are a regional government and this is our duty is to ensure the best transportation system possible for this region. You know, people that live out in Weston or Parkland, they may have fantastic roads, but so many of them work in eastern Fort Lauderdale and they traverse these roads every day. They put up with the traffic congestion and because of that, they lose time at work, coming home, they lose uh, quality time with their family, they lose uh, so much in, in fuel cost uh, and, and, and important things that they can do with their family, with their personal time, uh, it's, it's something that is only gonna get worse. I will tell you, I don't want to see a transportation system in Broward County that mirrors Miami-Dade County. And Miami-Dade County has a half penny uh, sales tax for transportation. But what Miami-Dade failed to do was have a strong oversight board to ensure that the funds are spent on legitimate transportation projects that are uh, allowed by the statute, transportation projects that are approved by an oversight board 
with recommendations for best practices and that have a monitoring of the transportation project for its duration with annual reports. This is the language with an independent oversight board that is in the amendment that will be before you on item number six on the public hearing agenda. This is something that has been um, discussed at length. It was part of an interlocal agreement proposed among and between the county and the cities. Uh, it, it didn't uh, reach a consensus. And with that, there was a complete change uh, of the MPO membership with respect to um, support for the transportation uh, sales tax. Um, and it's a shame because if you look at the governing document for the MPO, for the Metropolitan Planning Organization, uh, Commitment 2040, it talks about the need for intermodal transportation options. That is bus service, light rail, pedestrian and, and bicycle improvements, uh, community buses, um, enhancement of school safety zones, traffic light synchronization. These are all the components that are funded in the transportation plan. And so many of the cities say, well, the county has control of the money. The money is spent, more than 95% of the money is spent on these transportation projects within the cities. Uh, regrettably, we could not work out a direct allotment. The 70-30 was voted down at an MPO meeting. There was a motion for reconsideration. And as soon as the debate began on the motion for reconsideration, one of the members called the question. Now, you mayors and city commissioners and city attorneys know well what that means. That ends debate. In the year that I was mayor, never once in hundreds of hours of debate did I ever entertain a motion to call the question. So it was done on the motion for reconsideration. Then we took up the, the motion to, um, to renounce the 70-30 split. Again, after a few minutes of debate, call the question. So this is not twice within a half hour. Call the question at the MPO on the only item on the MPO agenda. So that's not what I consider to be a transparent and fair discussion of an issue of this magnitude. So this puts us in the posture of where we're at. Um, so I went back and I looked at the, um, the plans. Uh, more than one-third is uh, funding light rail. The difference between an infrastructure tax and a transportation tax is you have no ability with an infrastructure tax to pay for the operations and maintenance of your transit program. So here at Broward County, we have uh, our buses are primarily paid through federal funding. The light rail is planned on being paid as, as it is much of it now on the wave and going forward with an expansion of the route would be paid by the federal government with respect to the capital expenditure, but the operation and maintenance is the responsibility of the owner of the system. That's Broward County. Broward County can't enhance a intermodal system on an infrastructure tax. We must have a transportation tax. So um, to make it an appealing option for the voters and to give the voters a choice, 
We are considering a three-quarters penny for a 20-year term for transportation projects, for regional transportation projects, the projects that I just mentioned, for enhanced bus service, for uh, light rail, for traffic light synchronization, for improvements and expansion of regional roads, for greater community bus service within the cities, and for uh, enhancements on school safety zones. It's for the voters to decide. Now, if we pass today the resolution and the ordinance to go forward, we have uh, a choice. Um, we put both items on the ballot. Either may pass, both may pass, neither may pass. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. But um, I believe that the public has a great deal of distrust of government. So if you have language, ballot language, and you have an ordinance that states that you have an independent oversight board with professionals, and they are selected by an independent nominating committee, and they have legitimate powers and authority to review transportation plans, to ensure that Broward County staff is doing it the right way, and to report on any deficiencies, and to provide for annual audits. It's all in the ordinance. So, uh, my colleagues, I would urge you to uh, support the, uh, the, the amendment that I have on item six, and it's also an amendment on item 63 um, with respect to the three-quarters penny for the 20 years. Item number six is the ordinance, which speaks to the uh, oversight committee. Uh, you'll find it in your handout uh, with the purple cover. It's item six, paren five. Um, we have to make tough decisions um, with respect to the, the item before us. Um, the only reason that I was concerned with the language that was presented by the cities is, you know, from a policy standpoint, it has no expiration date. But the language has to, under the statute, it has to provide a general description of the infrastructure projects to be funded. And this language says that the revenues will be used for funding public projects, including public buildings and associated capital facilities and equipment. That's kind of a very generic statement, and I don't know that that fulfills the requirement under the statute of a general description of the projects to be funded. So the county's proposal adds more specificity. This language was never, that was a, adopted by the majority of cities, was never brought to the county and asked the county for input with regard to any proposed changes. Not that the cities had to accept it, but there wasn't even an ask. And, and so here we are with our proposal. It adds a 15% a, a uh, economic development fund for important needs. Think about over 30% of this penny sales tax is paid for by tourists. So when you talk about using it for uh, beach renourishment, you talk about using it for a convention center hotel, uh, economic development projects, uh, projects that will retain and bring uh, more business into Broward County, these are the type of economic development projects we want to push forward. Again, on the 2040 plan, the MPO plan, what are the goals? To move people 
through a transit tax, to create jobs and to strengthen communities. This is what Broward County is trying to achieve with this three-quarter penny transportation tax. So, uh, members, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to urge you to uh, vote for the county proposal with regard to the infrastructure tax with the language that adds the 15% and specificity on the projects to be funded. And I'm going to ask that you, that you vote in the affirmative on the ordinance with the ballot language for the three-quarters penny on a 20-year uh, funding for transportation with an independent oversight board. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Ryan. Uh, it's my turn, and then uh, but before I go, I just want to make sure, Commissioner Lamarca and Vice Mayor Sharif, are you all on the line? Yes. Okay. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca, I'm going to speak, and then I'm going to, I'm not going to be very long, and then I'm going to call you to, to speak. Um, okay. Well, first I want to, first I want to thank all of the folks that have come out here today, all of the different mayors and city managers and commissioners. Uh, you know, I know it's, uh, it can be a long day when you sit through the county commission, but there's a lot of good work that we do for the people. And uh, no, they're making a lot of money, the attorneys. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, believe me, they should thank us for keeping them here. Um, but uh, I want to thank, it's true. I want to thank you all for being here and also for the work that you all have put into this. I know at the end of the day, I know there are disputes between the county and the cities on a variety of issues. But at the end of the day, I know that you, you do what you do because you do, what, you believe, do what you believe is in the best interest of your residents. I also want to thank Commissioner Ryan for the work he's put in on this. This has been an incredibly heavy lift. And from the beginning, uh, you took the mantle and you've been working it. And you've done an incredible job and you deserve a lot of accolades for the work that you've done. Um, with that said, uh, I have some concerns. And I'll tell you where they are, and I'm going to tell you what, what I'm going to vote for. It hasn't been a secret. I've never been thrilled about any potential increase in the sales tax. And the reason being is because I view the sales tax as a regressive tax. It, make, it is most difficult on folks to have the least amount of money. When somebody is a low-income person, or if you're a senior living on fixed income, every single dime that you make or that you have you generally have to spend because you're trying to make ends meet. And when you increase the sales tax, it just makes it more difficult for you to make ends meet for yourself and your family. And I was trying to think about, and I cannot remember a time on the county commission or in the Florida legislature for six years when I voted for any potential increase in the sales tax. Now, when I look at the two proposals, uh, Commissioner Ryan's proposal, when you because I said the sales tax is a regressive tax, I was trying to figure out, okay, which one could potentially help people with the least amount of money since they're the ones that suffer when you raise the sales tax. And I think it is undoubtedly true that it would be Commissioner Ryan's proposal because his money would go into mass transit and uh, our bus system and would be utilized mostly in a way that allows people to get to and from work, to go to businesses, and things of that nature. The city's infrastructure proposal, it's difficult for me to see a correlation, a big correlation, how what they would like to do can help folks that have the least amount of money. And so if you look at both proposals that way, for me, Commissioner Ryan's proposal is better when you're dealing with a potential increase in the sales tax. With that said, I'm not gonna support Commissioner Ryan's proposal uh, and 
I'm voting no on his because I think it would be, it's very dangerous to put two proposals on the ballot that could potentially increase the sales tax by, I guess, a do, uh, one, not a dollar, by uh, one cent and set an additional 75 cents. Not exactly two cents, but 1.75. That's a hefty increase, and that wouldn't be good for anybody here, and wouldn't be good for folks coming in that want to visit us here. I also think it muddies the water a little bit and makes it very confusing to our residents if they have to see two separate proposals on the ballot. And it's possible it could doom them both. It's possible one of them can pass, or it's possible both of them can pass. But I don't think that's healthy. Now, I'm not thrilled about the city's proposal. I'm not. You know, I've read the language. I think the language is vague. It's open-ended, meaning it goes on for perpetuity. Uh, I'm not thrilled that my little girls, who are going to be Broward residents forever, which I told them, are going to have to pay this 50 years from now. Um, and. I don't like the fact that the language is not specific. I think the county attorney's proposed language is much more specific. I think it has an end date, and so I think it's better. But the problem that I see is I also don't think that even though legally we may be able to put our information, our language on the ballot, policy-wise I don't think that that's smart and I don't think it's a good idea. The reason being is because uh, cities representing more than 94% of the population have voted to put their infrastructure language on the ballot. There's a legal dispute, I guess, as to whether or not they're able to just give that to the supervisor of elections to put on the ballot or if the county commission has to do it. And if the county commission has to do it, I think it's, we have a ministerial duty to put that language on the ballot. And even though I'm not thrilled to vote for any of these, I would vote for what Commissioner Furr had suggested, which is to put the city's language on the ballot solely because I believe it makes it uh, less susceptible to any type of challenge. Uh, because if there is a legal dispute and the city's put it on there, it could be challenged and maybe it can get thrown out. But if we do it, I think it makes it cleaner. And for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to vote uh, with Commissioner Furr to put it on the ballot. But again, I'm not thrilled about either of these. What I'd like to see happen right now as we move, maybe potentially move item number 62 forward, which is what that is, potentially with their language, what I would really like to see happen, and I don't know if you all would do this, but I would like the cities to sit down before we get to our public hearing with our county attorney's office and try to work out some better language for the public that's more clear, that gives them an idea exactly what these, what these projects are going to be. And I think that can be done. And this is something, and if I think it's done that way, and I think it's made more clear to the public and done in a way where we work together, I also think it would have a better chance of getting through, and I think it's more fair to the public. And so that's what I'm going to ask right now. You know, I'm going to support Commissioner Furr, but I do hope between now and between our public hearing that the cities and our county attorney's office can get together and can work on this a little bit more so that it is better for the public. And that's really uh, my suggestion, and that's what I have to say in this matter. So with that said, uh, it's now um, Commissioner LaMarca. Are you in the sky? I am here, sir. Excellent. Well, it's, yeah, you are up, my friend. I appreciate it. I see that it's 84 degrees in Lighthouse Point, but it's 48 degrees in Wyoming. So. Next. 
Uh, if my teeth chatter, you'll know why. Listen, I, I, I've listened intently to, to some of our uh, elected city mayors and city commissioners and officials, and I, and I heard, heard very closely that the 94% of the cities by population support this. Um, I don't know that, you know, th those are the actual city leaders. We don't know what the people support because they haven't voted yet. But with regard to the cities that I represent, nearly half of them have not put a resolution forward. And considering that I am a representative of, of those eight cities, I have, I have concerns. Um, are you hearing me okay? Okay. We hear you perfectly, okay. Commissioner, uh, um, Commissioner Marker. So the other things that, that, that I had concerns with, um, with, with, either, with either plan, I, I heard that one, one elected official that if we were brave, we would just raise property taxes. Well, it's, it's pretty clear that neither, neither the county nor the 31 municipalities have this so-called bravery because I know, I know, for one, the largest city in Broward County has not raised its millage rate in a dozen or so years, and that is part of the, you know, that is, you know, for, for, for better or worse, from a political standpoint, that's a talking point. Um, but that's the city that has the most infrastructure issues. Uh, with regard to what does the city plan do, it gives them an opportunity, it gives all the cities, and granted, I live in a city just like everyone else does, uh, unless you live in our small areas of unincorporated, but it gives them the ability which I believe the unincorporated areas did not put a resolution forward either. Uh, it gives them the ability to shore up their, their city, city issues that have been, have been waning. I know that we have a 50-year-old, we have a 60-year-old city and a 60-year-old fire station in Lighthouse Point. I would love to see them have the, the resources at City Hall to build a new fire station on the backs of a one-cent tax. Um, or the backs of a 31% 30, of the, the visitors to Broward County. Um, but when I hear fire stations, fire trucks, parks, um, you know, it, it's a it, it's a laundry list. Somebody somebody was wondering how how everyone would spend all this money, and I have never had a concern about a elected body of government spending too much money. Trust me. Um, my question is though, how would you have paid for these these items without this found money, you know, or one third of it from our winter visitors? Uh, maybe maybe that's what makes it okay because a third of it's not coming from from folks. But you heard from from the mayor and, and uh, Commissioner Holmes about a regressive tax. Um, you know, as we as we look at as we look at some of the some of the things that were also said. I want to thank uh, Mayor Dressler for having the intestinal fortitude to mention lowering the millage rate and a long term plan of lowering the millage rate in his city. You know, he's probably the only leader that that I that I can uh, that I can relate with that seems to understand that this is not our money as elected officials. Not one cent of it was raised by us for our good work or our good deeds. It's the people's money and the, the ability for them to keep a little bit more of it is important. Um, and we were, we were warned by another person that we would lose momentum if we don't, if we don't move forward. We've got to jump in this and do this now. Um, you know, they thought they had momentum in 2006 with the People for Progress and that, that didn't didn't go anywhere, and I, I would say that I don't think we have the momentum now. Uh, the cooperation to get that momentum was talked about, but the, the, the ability to be there I don't think is there. The, to me, the biggest issue is if you don't want the so-called doom for everyone, then both the cities and the county need to be 100% aligned. I don't know if that's possible, but 
they need to get a hell of a lot closer than 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 we are now. And you know, Commissioner Ryan, I I did I did hear the, the conversation about what happened at the MPO, and my friend, if I could talk to you about things we vote on, but we can't because of sunshine, I would have told you a long time ago. I saw this coming from day one. I I, I think you're they're going to let you get down as far as you could down the road and see if it fit what what was uh, what was amenable to to those folks, and then and then um, you know if it didn't work, then that's you know there's a there's a backup plan. I think it was disingenuous how it was voted on there. I think we should have had uh, workshops or, or meetings that would give us the opportunity to hash this out and talk this out because um, and my uh, dear friend who I, I would tell you I have the utmost respect for, he's a gentleman and he's always been a good leader, um, but when it, was, when it was mentioned at the Village Square that maybe Broward County should be just a 30-second municipality, I'd flip the script and say, you want to take over the county, you take over the county. You want to run regional services, you want to run 911, you want to replenish a beach for 55 million bucks that might be gone in, in five years. You want to take care of thousands of acres of parks. You want to take care of water, wastewater, figure out what to do with outfalls. You want to run 38 libraries. You want to do all these things. My God, have at it. Because I, I think the script is completely in, inverted. As far as running 30, 31 other cities, that's, that shouldn't even be the conversation. And that's that, again, good friend and someone I look up to in a big way, but that's not what a leader says. Uh, with respect to how do we get this thing down the road, we have to do it with the business community. We have to do it with uh, the alliance, the workshop, um, a lot of other uh, the economic development leaders. And I'll be honest with you, how did, how did, we, how did we pass CSC, which, uh, which uh, Dr. Ehrenberg Seltzer was very upset that she had to even go through this, but, but it passed along with it with an $800 million school board bond. And it did that. It did that by going out and getting getting the support of, of the community through the business community and through all of the other entities, not by being adverse city versus county, uh, school board versus anybody. It was it was a plan to make sure that everyone knew that there was something in it for each of their communities through their schools. Um, with regard to the what's so what's the biggest issue for me? whether I can support or not support. And I want to thank Commissioner Ritter for being, I, I believe, from at least uh, the technical the sound that I could hear, was the only person that asked why 30 years. And I heard, I heard the bond issue. I heard it. You're a, you, you are cities, and we are a county with you know, some as good as ours and AAA bond rating. You don't need 30 years to do that. You have other, you have other abilities and financial uh, mechanisms and tools to be able to to, to uh, float a bond, it shouldn't just be a, on the fact that this sales tax will continue to come in and come in. So, what's concerning is by using a 30-year. I don't think the, the municipal, the the infrastructure tax has any end date. Ours at least had 30, and I believe I saw that Commissioner Ryan was proposing 20. But even at that, we're we're telling voters that that we don't trust them. Why else would we not let them rate our progress in eight to ten years? Hell, when you get in an Uber, you got to rate the last driver before you get another ride. You go to a restaurant, and you go, you go to Open Table or, or TripAdvisor or Yelp or anything like that, you rate people. They want to know how they're doing. And I believe the taxpayers, just like with CSC, uh, would come through and say, if it's going well, great. And I know that we'd have, by that point, we'd have, uh, we'd have the wave going, uh, going downtown, and then we'd be ready to set it, set it to the airport and the seaport. Um, the, probably the, the, the one thing is, that, that sticks out after those two big votes in 2014 was I would tell you that never underestimate the willingness of the voters of Broward County to vote for a tax increase. 
I say I don't say that tongue in cheek. I say that seriously because they did an eight hundred million dollar school board bond, a seventy seventy sixty five to seventy million dollar annual funding of Children's Services Council. Probably because they knew that that was the only way to deliver the services. We couldn't do it at the county. We we all know that at that level. So CFC got got reauthorized. And you know what? They did it in a gubernatorial cycle. Some some would some would think of it a gubernatorial cycle as a GOP cycle. Regardless. They passed two massive tax uh, plans that were done in that cycle. So I would say that, uh, as Commissioner Wexler says a lot, a lot of the time, maybe not all the time, but at least probably once a month, that this is not cooked. And I think I think we look at 2018 to put the cities, the county together, and we pass a plan that it, that handles infrastructure as well as transportation. And we don't have the ability, we don't give people the ability to say you're just adding more buses. Or you're doing this, or you're doing that. We're already doing all that. We're already timing the lights, and we're making them digital. We're already adding bus routes, and we're, we're already continuing to, to do that. The fact is, we're all showing, whether it's the city or the county, we're all showing leadership in our roles, but the only way we can show the, the people who will actually vote for us or vote us out and have to pay the tax bill, the tab either way, whether we're there or someone else is, is to let them see the entire plan. And I don't think we get that done. Uh, in the next two weeks, I say we get we look at this and we look at uh, 2018, um, which, which you know, basically says I I can't support what's what's on with this, and I unfortunately I can't support what Commissioner Furr is moving forward um, unless there's a unless there is a set date, a look back, a sunset, uh, or a reauthorization uh, for moving this forward after eight to ten years. Thank you, Commissioner Lamarca. Uh, just before I go to Commissioner Holness, Vice Mayor Sharif, are you on the phone? Okay, Commissioner Holness. Thank you. I was elected five and a half years ago and, and started serving on the MPO. And from then, we've been talking about this infra infrastructure, not infrastructure, <laughs> this transportation uh, surtax in order to ensure that the plans that we have already on the books can be fulfilled. The long-term plan that we have. Now, it's only since last year that any mention was made of a infrastructure surtax. And it was, the discussion was that if the county doesn't put forth a transportation surtax, then the cities would. In fact, throughout most of the meetings that we have, and even three months ago, it was proposed that we're going to go ahead and move forward with an infrastructure surtax so that if, by chance, the county doesn't put a transportation surtax on, that we'll have that in hand. It was clear. That was what was being debated and talked about. We started off with offering not really much to the cities in terms of sharing this transportation surtax, which, by the way, will fulfill many of the cities' infrastructure issues. I mean, one city talked about repaving their streets. This can be utilized for that. It can be utilized for ensuring your sidewalks, your complete streets are taken care of, which will then free up money that you'd have to spend there to do some of the infrastructure that you need to do. I thought 
That made sense. We were allowed into believing that if we put this item forward for the transportation tax, after we negotiated down to 30 percent, I mean, it took a long time. I, I didn't support 30 percent. I supported 10, maybe 20 percent. But somehow, we went there. And I changed and vote for that 30 percent in order for us to move this item forward. And then we were ambushed at that meeting. It was clearly ambushed, Commissioner Ryan. I had the belief and the goodwill and, 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 and that folks would say what they wanted to do and live to that. I got it. And, and I said that here. That, oh, yeah, I believe they... My God, was I shocked. Totally shocked. I went in and what was voted on previously to accept the 30%, the 70-30, bam, switch. We don't want a 30% no more. We want all of it, practically. So we'll give you 40%. And we'll keep 60%. This is a regressive tax. It's gonna affect lower income people more disproportionately than those who have more money. There's no doubt about it, it's clear. Now, hard pill for me to swallow to put that on a ballot. But when I looked at the transportation surtax, I see where seniors who are no longer able to drive and depend on public transportation to get to the hospital, to their doctors, to their grocery stores, would have an opportunity. Those who are on Social Security, fixed income, here's something that even though this regressive tax would be hitting them, they'd have something. The lower income folks would be able to have access to transportation to get to work and to get to live a full life, even though it was regressive. And the fact that 31% would come from the tourists that visit our, 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 our county, made it so that's something that I could live with. Now today, with two competing items on the ballot, it's going to make it even worse for those folks who can least afford it. We're now looking at 1.75 cents in order for us to see an increase to do both of these items. I don't believe I can support both items going on. And I stated before that it will be the voters' decision to make anyhow, to decide whether or not either one of them is right for them. It's something that I'm having a tough time even putting out there, even though I know it's their decision, that I'm not making that decision today to raise the sales tax, that they will determine that. But then we have the issues further issues of complication. There's no expiration date. It's in perpetuity for the cities. That's not right. We also look at the fact that no oversight. And worst, 
There's no plan. I haven't seen one. I hear folks talk about this, talk about that. But ha have anyone here seen a plan? I haven't seen a plan how we're going to spend this, this money is going to be spent at all. There's no plan. And you compare that to what we put forward with the transportation surtax. There's a comprehensive plan detailing exactly how the money is going to be spent for exact projects. Not we think we're going to do this, we believe we're going to do that, and then you look at the language. That says you must have a general description. That's no general description what's in there. Not at all. The cities represent that 94% of the cities, or the people represented by cities agree to this. But again, that's not the people. And on the other hand, the nine of us represent 100% of the people of Broward County. Are we less than the cities? No. I think we're equal. And we ought to approach it from that standpoint. And maybe, maybe then we can find a compromise, a way forward, in order to move this item. Mayor Ryan, your efforts to, <laughs> Commissioner Ryan, your efforts, your efforts to, to, to offer some kind of solution in terms of reducing the penny for the transportation surtax to 0.75, commendable. In terms of the timeline, the term, uh, taking it from 30 years to 20 years, I think we're going to have some issues with that in terms of band, bonding capacity in order to bond these, these funds. And, and I'd ask our county administrator to weigh in on, or, or someone from your team, Madam County Administrator, in terms of if we go down to 20 years, how much more difficult it is for us to be able to leverage these funds to do what we need to do going forward. I think the issue is pretty much the same. And um, as was stated um, earlier, um, the longer term, the longer time you want to commit to projects um, to maximize the amount, the amount of activity you can do at the very beginning, um, you, you, to some extent, you suffer with that. But what we discussed internally was it's a sunset, but that sunset could be re-upped. Um, and the commitment would be that if you are doing uh, the public's business and they were comfortable that you were delivering the, pro the, the program that you, um, that you committed to, to deliver, that they would, um, they would re-up. So we, we feel we can make 20 years work. We'll make it work. Here's another piece of what I thought was good for Broward County and for, for our cities and, and, and for residents. And that is the fact that the transportation surtax could be utilized to draw down capital from the federal government and from the state government. In that, we send more money to Tallahassee than our legislatures are able to get back to us, a whole lot more, and, and, and to Washington equally. Uh, if we don't have the operational dollars to run the system, we won't get 
those dollars. So this could be used to leverage uh, the, the, the fact that we can get more of our money back to the people of Broward County. I don't see that surtax doing that for, for infrastructure. Uh, so I am, uh, at this moment, if any, leaning towards that transportation surtax and not the other. And, and, and on the other item of the infrastructure tax, since it's such a regressive tax, the fact that there's some funding in place, and I think maybe the legislature thought of this, that some money can be put into economic development opportunities so we can create more jobs for the people who need the jobs to earn a better living. That 15% uh, is something that I think is important if we're gonna go ahead and pass this uh, going forward. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Bogan to close. I've been all over this issue for a long time, feeling different ways. I've, I publicly have, I've publicly opposed uh, raising any taxes. I've been against raising our, you know, a transportation, transportation tax, opposed to an infrastructure. I'm opposed to raising taxes. I, I'd like to talk about reducing taxes, but uh, we're not there. Um, and so, uh, when we talk about homeowners. Um, I represent hundreds of communities, and I've been in these communities. In my district, Coconut Creek, the largest community is Winmore, and everybody I talk to there is opposed to raising taxes. And Deerfield Beach, the largest community that I've spoke to there, they're against uh, Century Village, which I represent in part. They're against raising taxes. Uh, I just had a group of all the presidents of Margate, and most, a lot of the presidents of the condos in Margate, most of them against raising taxes. Um, I'm meeting this weekend uh, with the presidents of Palmer and Pompano Beach. I'll wait to hear, but I don't really hear any of the homeowners and the people saying we want the taxes raised. But um, with that said, we're a regional government, and as it's been said before, we're responsible for regional transportation in the county, and I don't hear one word from anybody talking about that, um, not one word talking about our transportation issues or how we're going to solve them. I would like to also really commend again uh, Mayor Cooper and Commissioner Ryan for all the time and effort that they put in trying to work as a member of the MPO. Everything was moving forward, to my understanding, to come to a deal. And then that deal was, was squashed um, at our last meeting. So I sit here today being asked to approve uh, an infrastructure tax. I think Mayor Sturmer said it's a ministerial act. and. And then we're told by Attorney Myers that you know, really we're required to do this, uh, move it forward. So even though I am on the record, I am opposed to raising taxes. I am going to let the people decide. I'm going to support Commissioner Ryan's amendments. I'm going to support putting the infrastructure tax. Let the voters decide. As far as I'm concerned, everybody I've talked to in the community, not elected officials, are opposed to raising taxes. And uh, so I will be uh, in favor of putting this on the ballot, letting the voters decide, but I am adamantly opposed to it. Well, now let's, uh, now we've all had an opportunity to discuss this. Well, we have a number of different motions. Yeah, no, don't do that. We, ha we, have a, we, have we have a number of amendments and motions to go through. There are three separate items that we have to vote on. Uh, 62, 63, and 6. Mayor. Uh, Commissioner Lamarca. Commissioner hey, Marco, did you want to say something? I don't know how else to get your attention other than to speak out, so I do apologize. Um, it's okay. With re, re, I, just, I just have one quick thing, and that's um, 
number one to, to Commissioner Logan's point, I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that that his his uh, his way on on taxes because uh, just FYI, Pompano is is currently lowering the millage rate, so we're both in good hands there in that city. But with regard to uh, the issue and moving it forward, if you if you all can go eight to ten years to reauthorize, and I understand the bonding issues. Look, we're AAA; we can get bonds. We don't need to go to 20 years. If you can go eight to 10 years, you got a yes vote from me. Thank you, thanks, thank you, Commissioner Lamarca. Now, I think the first person that made a motion uh, was Commissioner Furr. Uh, Commissioner Furr, do you want to restate your motion, and we'll see if there's a second. Sure. Um, I, 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 I'm going to preface this with the fact that I think that the language actually could be better, and I do think it could be better. That that which the, the city's put forth. I do think that there's vagaries there. I think there's. I think it could be better, and I don't know if they want to reconsider. I, you'd have to go back to every city as a problem. That's that's the difficulty you got. You got, but given the fact that they've already gone through that, I'm gonna. I'm, my motion is to allow for that wordage, or verbiage, <laughs> wordage, verbiage, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I corrected myself. <laughs> Emma, I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm happy here. I, your voice sounds great when it's you're like sick. It's like Barry White. It is. Oh, it absolutely is. You're coming to my house to read to my daughters tonight. Yeah. It's good. You know? <laughs> um, am I allowed to second? My motion is to allow for the verbiage that the city's proffered to be substituted for 562. I pass the gavel momentarily to Commissioner Ryan. I will second that. Well, uh, wait, if you pass me the gavel, you're not recognized. <laughs> give, me that, give me that gavel back. I need my gavel. <laughs> give me that thing back. I feel helpless without it. Mayor, Mayor Kerr, you're recognized. Thank you. Uh, I would like to second that motion. Aye. Motion has been made and seconded. All in favor, indicate by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Sure the motion fails. Aye. Yes. Aye. So... Let's call it again. Do it, call it again. Okay, let's do it again. All right. Raise so the, hands. All right. The motion is to uh, adopt the language that has been brought forward, forward by the cities with respect to the penny sales tax for infrastructure. All in favor of amending item number 62 to place the language that has been um, uh, promoted by the cities with respect to the infrastructure tax indicate by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Nay. Nay, show the motion fails. fails. All right. Wait, wait, give it back now. Thank Already? you. Already? Yes, I want my thing back. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? Uh, show that motion fails. Now, would anybody else like to make uh, another motion? Commissioner Ryan. All right. I'll move item 62 uh, with the language uh, within it with respect to the 15% uh, for the economic development projects. Second. Uh, if, is there a discussion? I have a quick question, uh, Mr. Myers. Are we required to vote for this to put this on to move this along? Uh, it would be our recommendation that it be pushed forward uh, to the uh, June 14th. Yes, that you vote for it. So, and if we didn't vote for it, would it could it be a potential violation of Florida statute of the charter? It, our construction, and again, it would be interesting to hear what you know, municipal council how they view it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, they, they may they may not even yeah they may not even. <laughs> you know, think that it's necessary, our construction of the statute is that the county needs to move this forward. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Aye. So it passes uh, five to three. Five to three. So now we are 
Moving on uh, to item number, item 63, uh, which is Commissioner Ryan would like to make a motion. All right. uh, with respect to item 63, you'll see in your backup that um, the amendment is to, uh, with respect to the transportation tax, uh, it is the language that is in item 63 amended to reduce the amount from one penny to three-quarters of a penny to reduce the term from 30 years to 20 years. That's the um, amendment to item 63. So I believe it, uh, the, uh, the motion, as I will make it, is to approve the amendment to item 63. Is there a second? There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? No. Show it. Uh, pass it. Commissioner Lamarck, are you there? Yes, I was a nay because I was supporting 10 years. Thank you. You're a nay. Okay. So I'm not exactly sure what. I don't even know. So that was. Uh, yeah. So we uh, show that it passes uh, five to three. Um, we're now moving on to the public hearing. Mayor, Mayor. Yes. That was that was actually just the am amendment on oh. item 63, and there's also a second. Oh, there's true. a second amendment as well that the county attorney's office uh, prepared, uh, modifying the ballot language. And whatever the board's will is, that's, that's fine, but we'd like to at least have it considered, please. And then to, to, the main motion. To the county attorney, I believe the amendment uh, with respect to the oversight board is uh, addressed to item six in the public hearing. Uh, yes, uh, Commissioner Mayor, if I may. Of course. I, no, no, I just, uh, the county attorney's office, it's uh, additional materials, item 63-2, uh, proposed uh, some changes to the ballot language. Could you, could you explain it? Uh, the change, yeah, the changes. Yes, it's it's uh, it's actually uh, w what it does is, and uh, some words were deleted because you're limited to 75 words. But uh, essentially, uh, it uh, talks about the creation of a trust fund and makes clear that the expenditures are over overseen by an independent board. And uh, this proposal uh, actually also considers the fact that Commissioner Ryan's amendment would potentially be adopted, which it just was, uh, because I think your language adds three words. So it's with Commissioner Ryan's change, and it's also the change in 63, item two. Excellent. So uh, there uh, is, there, would you so like I'll, to move I'll, that? So I'll move the, um, the, the second amendment on item uh, 63, the, the amendment having been um, uh, sponsored by the county attorney's office. It, there's been a motion to second. All Mayor, Mayor, can you, yes. Mayor, can you restate the, the uh, amendment? Sure. Uh, Mr. Myers, would you like to restate the amendment one more time yes, for Commissioner uh, LaMarca? Commissioner LaMarca, it's, uh, on, it's the, basically the ballot language. It removes uh, a word on line one just to make room for there being a 75-word limit. And uh, the last clause of the uh, prior, the uh, initially published ballot language was, it said, with proceeds held in trust and expenditures overseen by an independent oversight board, and that's now changed to with a trust fund created to separate the proceeds and expenditures overseen by an independent board. And that is just being mindful of what appear to be the express requirements of the statute. I think there's been a motion and a second. Understood. Uh, all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Show the amendment passes unanimously. Nice. Are there any more amendments? But are there any more amendments uh, pending? Now, uh, yes. Oh, Commissioner Lamarck, you said no? Yes, sir. 
Okay, show that the amendment uh, passes seven to one. Uh, now we're back on the uh, item as amended. Uh, Mayor Ryan, do you have a motion? I move item 63 as amended. Second. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Show the item. Heck no. Show the item passes five to three. We're now going to move on to, uh, we're back where the public hearing is still ongoing. So we're now on to item number six. Is there, are there any amendments to item number six? Commissioner Ryan. Uh, in my opening remarks, I made the amendment on uh, item number six, which is with respect to the composition and the powers and duties of the oversight board. Uh, you'll find it in your amendment packet. It's item six, uh, amendment five. Um, uh, there has been a, an amendment, uh, a motion, is there a second? Second. Uh, there's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Nay. Nay. Show that, pa that the amendment passes uh, seven to one. Are there any other amendments? Six, six, two. Six, two. six, two. six, two. Uh, are there any other amendments? Then would no, you like to? So then I, I move item six as amended. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Mayor. There are two other That's what I thought. technical amendments. Right. Uh, if, if I may. Okay. Yeah. The, the first one is just to conform it to uh, item 63, which is the three quarters of a penny uh, and 20 years. And then the second one is we noticed in proofreading it that we used uh, the unconventional time uh, 1201M. I think instead of AM or PM, so it was a so, so scrivener's this, error that's been corrected. So this amendment uh, helps clear, it basically clarifies that it's being reduced from one penny to three quarters of a penny. And, and 20 years, and then just correcting a scrivener's error if you want to take them both together. Okay. Uh, I, I move the two amendments as described by the county attorney on item six. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Nay. Nay. Uh, so I, I was a yay, but uh, there, show the item passes seven to one. We're now back on the item as amended. I move item six as amended. There's been a motion. Is there a second? There's been a motion and a second. All in favor of item six as amended signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? No. Uh, show the item. Still no. Show the item passes seven or six to two. Five three. Oh, five three with myself. Commissioner Furr and Commissioner Lamarca dissenting. All right. Well, thank you all for coming. Thanks. We're now going to go back to the regular agenda, but we're going to take, uh, I've been asked by staff to take a five minute break. So we're going to take a five minute break.
Oh, yeah. There's no, and, and we don't have an administrator. <laughs> or an attorney. All right. It's very fun to bang that. All right. Now, uh, we just finished the public hearing, so I am now adjourning the public hearing. And we're now taking back up our uh, regular agenda. And the next item uh, that we're on is item number 51, which is, which is a motion to award a fixed contract to a single bidder SNL specialty. Um, nobody pulled this, it was just on regular agenda. Does anybody want to speak? Or is there... approval. I got my questions oh. answered. Thank you. Commissioner Ryan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I know it's been a long day, members, but this is um, the noise mitigation program, which is a very, very important issue with respect to the residents um, in the areas that I represent that are on the south and the west side of the airport. I have a couple of questions. Um, uh, county Administrator, through the County Administrator, I have a couple of questions for uh, Mr. Kent George. Mr. Uh, Former aviation director. <laughs> uh, sir, you're still receiving a paycheck. Please come to the podium. <laughs> All right, so um, uh, this proposal is to accelerate the, uh, the construction of, of uh, noise mitigation um, infrastructure, which is with basically it's the windows, it's the doors, and the AC systems, and you're um, going to take an additional 500 homes that you're going to bring into the uh, program for design and then the construction work. Now, you have estimated an additional uh, $38 million for these 500 homes to receive the, uh, the noise and sound insulation. Um, because these 500 homes have not yet gone through the design stage, how are you able to, uh, to calculate or or arrive at that estimate of $38 million. Uh, th thank you. Can, I, can you hear me? Is that a, okay, is this loud enough? I, I, I don't know how, I'm, 
What we did, Commissioner, is the, the, at the request of both the FAA, yourself, Dania Beach, and uh, working with the county uh, auditor's office, we tried to come up with different ways to address some of these, these um, uh, delays in the entire project. The whole program is behind. It's behind because of not only the FAA and also uh, FEMA, but it's behind because of the uh, processes that we have to go through to meet the federal and, and, and local requirements. Consequently, sitting down with the FAA and working ourselves, we were able to come up with a way to move forward and add 500 homes with a amendment to this project. The estimate on that is roughly off the, the um, bid for item K, which is the $10 million under A, came out to about $67,000, $68,000 per home. We added an inflation factor and also knowledge that the Davis-Bacon Act requirements are going to be two more years adding on to there. This is a federal-funded project. It requires DBE participation, and Davis-Bacon is the predominant uh, pay structure we must follow in paying for the different uh, buildings and trades and all the, the, the things that go with that. And we also know that the permits along with the, uh, uh, over the next year and a half to almost two years worth of work will require uh, some increase in material costs that have to be verifiable. This is not a lump sum project where we turn around, hand it to the contractor and say, here, finish it off. The contractor is required to take a group of projects, bring those prices back to us. We sit there and we go over those prices. We review it. We verify the things. And then we authorize them to move forward. We just tried to cover ourselves. We could very well go back and use it at $67,000 per home, which again is an average, but then we would have to come back to you near the end of it with additional changes and so forth. We're positive because of just mainly the Davis-Bacon requirements. I don't know if that, that's a long answer, but it tells you that we've looked at the different things to get there. All right, so I, I think your answer is substantially that you had a large enough sample of homes that you've already done, the sound insulation, and that with that you were able to extrapolate what the cost would be for these additional 500 homes. Yes. All right, so uh, just to let you know, my office has not gotten a, a single complaint that the work that has been complete, completed on any of the homes was substandard, so uh, I do make that comment on behalf of uh, the, the contractor, SNL Specialty Contracting. Uh, we've actually received some positive emails from homeowners are happy with the quality of the work and the professionalism of the team. But my, uh, my last question I want you to address is uh, I have asked uh, in order to expedite this, this program and, and to ensure that you continue to have uh, quality assurance that you bring on a project manager to oversee uh, this sound insulation program, uh, what steps are you taking to, to either uh, retain a project manager or evaluate the necessity for a project manager? Uh both you, uh, Commissioner, and the county auditor have indicated they would like to see a dedicated full-time uh, project manager. We are going to move forward 
with bringing a specialist on scheduling and so uh, so forth that is coming off the runway project, and we're going to ask that individual to sit down with our program over the next month to month and a half and go through the entire program and say, where can we get improvement? What do we need here? When that is done, if there is a project manager needed over and above what we've done so far, we will procure a project manager and we'll put a project manager on it. And we, we're, we're going to evaluate it. We're going to, again, the county auditor has come up to us and we're going to work with him also on this and we're going to go over some of these things with him. All right, so on um, <coughs> item 51A, it uh, talks about um, on the, uh, the, the first um, section or, or, or group of homes, it'll be substantially completed within 364 calendar days. You're bringing in uh, the additional 500 homes. Uh, will those also be substantially completed within the 364 days? <coughs> Within the when? 364 days. No. Okay, so what's what's your timeline on the additional 500? We believe that there's going to be some efficiencies done. The program right now projects that this will be done in October or November of 2018. We think we can pick up some significant time. And when I say significant time, I'm talking in months. And we will keep you informed on how we, we go forward uh, with that. All right. I, hopefully you could do it a little bit uh, more promptly because generally you have told me that the, the process is approximately 18 months from design to completion. So uh, We wouldn't be bringing this forward, Commissioner, if we didn't think we could speed up the project by going through this process. All right. Thank you. With that, I move item 51A and B. Um, before that, Commissioner Holness. Yes. Uh, the director, we've been having some conversation about this project and from the onset. Uh, I know it is federally funded to, to a great extent. Uh, and, and, and I uh, talked before about local participation and at least outreach. And my feed, the feedback that I've gotten from the local small businesses that they really weren't even considered. In fact, they felt that when they approach the contractor to get some of these opportunities. One uh, of these small business owners was told, you can come work for us for 14 bucks an hour. Almost insulting him. Uh, and we're extending this. I, I can't see extending this unless there's some outreach. Uh, none of the, 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 the uh, Subs the, 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 are, are here, the DBEs. The DBEs are from, I think, Palm Beach, and the other one is from, I can't remember, Connecticut or somewhere else. Midwest. Yes. Supplier. Uh, exactly. And the, uh, the prime is from? New York. Syrac I think it's Syracuse. Okay. To extend the contract without any, any, any further bid or opportunities, for outreach, I, I I can't support. I know you've had some we have had some conversation, and you said you're going to work on something. So could you update me as to where we are with that? Um, following your discussion, as you know, and and we've we've discussed that there cannot be any preferences on this because uh, of the uh, federal funds involved in the program. However, I sat down. Um, just a little while ago when I was able to sit down with Sandy McDonald 
and through his office, we're going to try to do some outreach, working with the contractor, and seeing if we can come up with a, a uh, contact to the qualified DBEs in this area to be able to add into the project and see if we can get uh, work with the contractor for that. Uh, I can try to do that, and that's what I, I promise you I would try to do. Okay, and, and I appreciate your efforts, uh, but it's not done. So for me today, uh, at least my vote won't be for it. Not that I don't want the project to go forward. I think the project ought to go forward. Uh, if we have to do an extension, and, and, and this company has made some outreach, uh, substantial outreach, and has made some good faith effort uh, based on the feedback that I get from the small businesses, because they all talk to me. Uh, I'm out there with them quite a bit, and all, most of the small businesses, I attend their meet, the, 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 uh, council, the advisory council meeting, I'm out there. And, and the feedback that I'm getting is really not good. And uh, hopefully you can be successful so that if this come back to me, I can be a, a yes vote, but today I can't. And, and Commissioner, I appreciate your, your discussions, but I've got to put on the record to make sure that you understand that I have not gotten any contacts of, uh, from anybody on this. And I've gotten uh, background through checking because of really your efforts to make sure that we're trying to include as much local as possible. Okay. But through your efforts, we've asked, is local being involved? And all the trades, all the folks that are working on this, and there I think are eight or ten crews out there, are all local individuals. Yes, the parts are coming from a DBE in two different areas, one Palm Beach and one up in, in the Midwest. And yes, the contractor is a specialized contractor. There's only two or three in the country, and they are from Syracuse. But I am being told by the folks here that they are hiring local people to do the work. But not we local will try to owners. encourage that yes. even more. Not local business owners. I understand that. I mean, you can you can hire somebody 10, 12 okay. bucks an hour, Yes. but the right. profitability is in the ownership. Uh, and 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 uh, if if it's if they're not participating at an ownership level, there's a lot of, uh, of of funds that's not staying in the community. And uh, and I'm not saying it has to, but at least we ought to make good faith effort in bringing this about. Okay, and we will make an effort to that effect, Commissioner. Thank you, Commissioner Bogan. Yeah, Commissioner Ryan, Ryan, I didn't know if you wanted to allocate some of those dollars over to 10th Street so we can do some soundproofing over there. I uh, thought that might be so, be you know uh, be appropriate since you're concerned about noise and everything. Uh, Absolutely, uh, I, I'm, I'm totally joking, it's, it's Commissioner a, it's a Wexler. Issue I'm totally to joking with him, but I know because of your friendships over at the MPO, you'll get it done. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, Great. I'm moving. I'm moving. Well, there's a uh, there's been a motion, and is there a second? Well, actually, was a motion. Uh, Mayor, uh, yes, uh, Commissioner Lamarca, did you want to speak? Yeah, just just real brief. I uh, had a good conversation with Mr. George, and as we probably all did, and just to to reiterate, um, this is a this is a project that, and I can't say enough about good good positive things about his work with the with the runway project, and pretty much every terminal, every concession, every every everything at that airport at one time, and, and continuing to grow to grow it while that's going on. That being said, I just want to make sure that we're we're all very supportive of this because this this project was supposed to be and again no at no fault to our airport director even our our, our construction staff at the airport very uh, very 
detailed issues. Every single project is a separate project, a separate house, and permitting and all that. It's just very frustrating. I would think that uh, I know that the, the residents of Dane Beach and the and the uh, the mayor, having had a conversation with him, want this done. And I would just suggest that they meet with the contractor when the contractor is ready to commence, and they step out of the way of every single permitting regulation without without uh, jeopardizing safety in order to move this forward as quick as possible. And maybe they put a uh, building official on staff uh, with them to go through these to make sure they fly through there so that the contractor can get working on these houses because these people deserve they deserve this uh, and then some. So uh, I appreciate your, your work, Mr. George, and I support this certainly. Great. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Aye. Are you, you're, nay, no. you're an A? That's a no. Oh, no. A oh, okay. Show the item passes seven to one. Uh, we're now moving on to item number 55, which is a motion to approve a settlement agreement between Broward County and Tudor Perini Fault Lauderdale. Can I move to defer a second? There's been a motion to defer. There's been a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed. Show the aye. item has been deferred. We're now moving on to item number 56 which is a motion to approve the county administrator's nomination of Henry Sneezik for appointment to the position of director of the Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department. And what we decided to do was keep Mr. Sneezik here all day because we're going to miss you so much in your previous, in your last position. You know, I know, but we wanted to, but we wanted him to be in that position for as long as possible before we got to do this. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to ask uh, Commissioner Ryan. I just want the record to reflect that Mr. Sneezik is a well-educated professional, having received two degrees from the University of Florida, go Gators, Henry Sneezak. Absolutely. You're I move item 56. Oh, wait. Uh, Commissioner Holness. I, I, I got to say this. Uh, Mr. Sneezak has worked with me. Sneezak has worked uh, in the municipal uh, district in the unincorporated area uh, for a good while. And, you know, his old persona, his willingness to listen, to, to, to build consensus, uh, I didn't realize until I looked at his uh, resume that he has a social, uh, ser uh, social uh, service background or, or uh, degree. Sociology. Sociology, yeah. So, so, so he's, he's, he's been so social and helpful uh, <laughs> is reflected there. I, I mean, I got to tell you, when we go out to the uh, Broad Municipal District, the unincorporated area, we can get in some tough situations there with the, some of our residents uh, who are uh, not necessarily happy. They, they felt they've been left out, left behind for a very long time uh, and not fairly treated uh, and, and sometimes get a bit angry. Uh, but he's always been willing to listen, to, to, to find a solution to... Uh, ensure that the folks understand that uh, we're here to serve them. So I, I know that. Uh, you're going to be great for us, uh, Henry. I think you've, you've already proven that, and I look forward to working with you uh, continually for a long time. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, would anybody like to... Oh, does anybody else have Hey, Marty. Oh, yep, Mayor, of course. Sorry. Yep, Chip. Uh, Commissioner Lamar. Um, I, I wanted to... Th thank you, Mayor. I, I wanted, if I could, because I spent... Interestingly enough, I spent probably the 26 years in construction field. I spent about 21, 22 of that uh, interacting with uh, the, the many variations of the name of the of this division that Mr. Sneezak uh, aptly should be 
uh, director of, but uh, with regard to that work, you know, that agency, I could tell you that the way that our agency has been run over the years and with leaders like uh, Alfred Reed and uh, a lot of the folks out in the field, uh, Jennifer Harado and, 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 uh, and on down, uh, it says a lot about the, the division. I, I've had plenty of frustrations, but most of the time it wasn't the division. It was, it was my clients or, or issues in, in the world of construction. But uh, Henry, in specific, has been such a consummate professional. And, and Com uh, Commissioner Ryan, despite his twin, uh, his double gator status, um, I, I did see that he has a he has a specialization in political science, so maybe that's how he's been able to get through all this. But uh, certainly, very qualified. You know, all that aside, uh, Henry has been a, a consummate professional. The time I've worked with him, I, I see him up in my area of the of the county, which is nice nice to see once in a while that there are folks from from downtown up our way. And he's a he's a strong supporter of uh, the things that are that are going in the right direction of Broward County. I could not think of a better person to. Uh, to put in that position and, and uh, look forward to uh, continuing to work with them and supporting this item. Excellent. Well, thank you, Commissioner Lamarca, and you're going to do a great job, Henry. Uh, there's been a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. aye. All opposed? Aye. Henry, you may leave now. <laughs> Next is item. He actually, he's staying. He's just sticking it out. You know, he's like, I have rubs in this. <laughs> We're now, now moving on to item number 60. Uh, which was actually pulled by Commissioner Bogan. It's a motion to adopt a resolution direct of the Board of County Commissioners pertaining to the Environmental Protection and Growth Management Department. Uh, Commissioner Bogan. I, I actually erred in pulling that, so I'd like to just move it. Oh, great. Second. There's been a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. All opposed? Aye. Show the item passes unanimously. Beautiful. We're now moving on to item number 64, which was pulled by Commissioner Holness. And it's a resolution of the Board of County Commissioners urging the Florida legislators to enact legislation defining and establishing minimum regulatory standards for recovery residence facilities. Commissioner Holness. Yes, uh, and the reason I brought this is in the broad municipal district in the unincorporated area, there's a proliferation of these facilities. And, 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 and they're clustered so close together it, it is really damaging the community because the, the, a lot of these folks, it's not run well. Uh, it, 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 it creates practical chaos uh, within the community there. And I've been working with our, our, our county attorney's office for, for a good while on this now, trying to find some way for us to be able to address the concern and the issues that the folks in the community uh, face uh, from these facilities. And, and it's been daunting. I haven't been able to find a way for us to do anything. It's, it, you're almost helpless because of the fact that the state and the federal government has not given us any tools to be able to deal with this and, and, and basically say you can't do anything about it. Uh, I'm hoping that we'll continue to move forward with this, and I know that there are efforts being made now uh, to get the air of the, the state and the federal government, and I wanted to make sure that we are added or voice to this so that the folks within our communities don't have to be so disrupted in their lives as a, as a result of this. And that's the reason I put this on. And uh, if there's no one else wishing to comment, I'd like to move the item. Second. There's an, a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All opposed? Show the item. Chip, you there? Commissioner Lamarca? No. Yeah, I'm here. I'm, a, I'm an aye. You're an aye. Show the item passes unanimously. We're now moving on to item number 66, 
which the motion to direct the, the Office of the County Attorney to draft an ordinance requiring that any company partnership, it deals with, uh, with uh, elevators. Commissioner Bogan. All right, I'm going to do a teaching moment here so you guys will finally understand. Hey, Woman, wake up there. Um, so you guys need to understand about elevators, okay? Here it is. Every time you get in an elevator, 80% probability, that's what I'm going to tell you, that there's a scam going on. And this is what's going on in the community. Um, first of all, every elevator, including an elevator in this building, has maintenance contracts where they're supposed to be maintained every month like a car. They're supposed to be lubed. They're supposed to go through it. They don't do it. They charge the property owner, the county, whomever, the condo association, whoever it is, they're being charged. And in many instances, no work is being done. So this, or this uh, proposal I'm asking for will try to uh, help detect fraud by making the elevator companies give a document demonstrating the date, time, and the work that's being done. So at least we'll have some evidence, if they don't do it, that there's fraud. The other instance that I'm not talking about is elevators break down. They tell you the part's seven grand. We found out in many cases, part's 500 bucks. People don't know about it. They take advantage of the senior communities. They take advantage of property owners. And that's something, my next way of how to tackle that. But. Uh, we will, uh, I appreciate the uh, support on this and we're gonna tackle the, the, the elevator companies of America. I think it's great. Yeah, well, absolutely. along with the towing, the bad towing, there's good towing companies, but along with the bad, and like the bad elevator companies. We're gonna go, we're, we'll, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go after them. How about the bad golf courses out there that pretend that they offer a good, Golfing range. Exactly. <laughs> we are a consumer-friendly board of county commissioners. Absolute consumer protection. Um, you uh, would you like to move it, Commissioner? Brittany, we got that. Bogan. That's B O G E N. Thank you. you. Mark, do you want to move the item? Move the item. I move it. Second. There, there, there. Bogan. There's been a, um, <laughs> there's been a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Chip. Aye. All in favor. All Thank opposed. It <laughs> So show the item passes unanimously. We now move on to the mayor's report. Now, uh, for the mayor's report, we have a very uh, brief and very quick uh, presentation um, where we're going to be highlighting some of the, a very fast, fast one. Uh, you'll see it's very important. It highlights some of the wonderful work that Commissioner Ritter has done uh, for a while. So here we go. Everybody, wait, we got, everybody will look at the, uh, the monitors. So commissioners. As you know, this is our colleague Stacy Ritter's last day serving as a Broward County Commissioner. Where is she? As she begins a <laughs> as she begins a new career, she brings to a close ten years of public service in county government. She was elected to the district three to District Three in two thousand six and served as vice mayor in two thousand seven and mayor in two thousand eight. Through the course of her public service, she has shaped Broward County's past and future. Having been a, a small part, having been a part of every major accomplishment and milestone, big and small, under her leadership as chair of the Broward County Courthouse Task Force, she paved the way for construction of a new courthouse scheduled for completion later this year. She was there from the very beginning as Broward County brought to completion the expansion of the Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. And as we saw before, Tim really appreciates that. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and has celebrated unprecedented growth and renovation at Broward County's Port Everglades.
And over the years, she has welcomed in new businesses, new visitors, and worked towards compromise as Broward addresses change and embraces future progress. <laughs> Congratulations, Stacey, in your new role as president of the Convention and Visitors Bureau. We wish you the best of luck. And I just, I just want to say, I know we've said this a number of times, but Ms. Henry could not have picked a better person that cares more deeply about Broward County than you do. And I'm very thrilled to see how you are going to take our tourism industry and Broward County into the future. And uh, I just want to say it's been a true pleasure and an honor serving with you. I'm going to miss serving with you a whole lot, but I'm so heck of excited to see how great you do in your new, your new role. So congratulations, Stacy, and thank you for your years of service. Stacy, would you like to uh, would you like to say anything? Relief. <laughs> I did. I actually wrote something because I didn't want to speak off the cuff about this for fear that I would give the newspapers yet another reason to write an article with my name on it. Um, first of all, I want to thank my colleagues for your kind remarks. Um, during the past few months. It's been a really long day, but I just want to say a few words. Mostly thank yous. I have no idea why I'm crying. I can't wait to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I want to speak to the residents of House District 96 and County Commission District 3. And thank Thank you for letting me representing, represent you for almost 20 years. Over the years, I've met so many of the people I've been privileged to represent, listen to your concerns and your hopes and your challenges that all families face and tried to help whenever I could. We've had some good times and more than a few challenging times, hurricanes and the recession come immediately to mind. Along the way, I've been fortunate to meet and work with people who inspire and are inspirations to all of us, giving of themselves every day to this county and to each other. And to you, I want to say thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. To the volunteers feeding the elderly, the caring people at the animal shelters, our county employees trying to mend lives at our homeless shelters and our shelters for family in distress, thank you. To Broward's business community, which, stand, which stands to the plate and supports endless dinners and golf tournaments with a single goal of trying to make our county a better place, thank you. And to the advocates for every group and every cause, you make our community stronger because of your efforts. <laughs> to my colleagues, past, present, and those who will serve on this incredible board in the future. Thank you for your time, your passion, and your commitment to this community. I respect you, and I truly understand the sacrifices you make. I've had the opportunity to serve with many, many amazing people. To our county staff, from our administrator and her staff, to the folks who greet me every Tuesday morning when I walk in, thank you. 
Thank you for caring about what happens to every person in this county, regardless of who they are, where they come from, or who they may love. Thanks for making the planes and boats run on time, for books in the library, sand on the beaches, the safety of our citizens, for protecting our environment, and for the countless things, big and small, that you do every day, mostly unappreciated. To my staff, to Kathy and Norma, and the recently retired Ken Pauley, and those that came before them, I know I can be a challenge. <laughs> You're supposed to all say no here. No, um, definitely not. No. <laughs> no, Too late. No. <laughs> Thank you for your loyalty and your passion for serving Broward's residents. I want to especially thank my family for putting up with late nights, calls at all hours, and things that all families of elected officials have to put up with. I think most people don't understand that it is often harder for our families than it is for us, and my children have grown up with this <clears throat> and have seen the good and the bad and the ugly in politics. But for me, I've had a great ride. More than any National Council of Jewish Women section president from Coral Springs could have ever expected back in 1996. And today I'm even more excited to begin a new chapter of service to our community. I'm gonna do more than my best to make Ms. Henry and this commission proud as the new president and CEO of the GFL CVB. I won't be far, just across the street during the week, but in a private sector building that doesn't leak and has air conditioning. <laughs> But many Tuesdays, I'll be on the other side of this dais waiting to answer your questions. Thank you, everyone, for giving me the time of my life. Thank you. That was very, very well said. It, Mayor, well, Mayor, it's up Mayor to, Mayor up to the county commission. Well, it's it's up to the, uh, the the folks. Oh, you can go. You can go. It, it is. It is absolutely. Oh, thanks, Lois. Mayor, um, may I just ask a question? Of course. Um, I have a signed document here. The commissioner Ritter allowed me to take her office. Um, when will I be moving in? <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I paid you more. You know, I was I'm, I'm ready to pay more than someone else here. <laughs> Oh man, Mark, I have seniority. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, what we'll do is we'll start with. Uh, we'll now go to uh, to non-agenda, and we'll start with Commissioner Fur, and we'll kind of make our way around. I'm, I'm just going to leave it. It's it's been a joy working with you. It's I, I didn't know you very much before, but uh, I've really appreciated working. Your your reverence is is fun, but your but your knowledge and history and the way you. you you conduct yourself and the way that you bring what you bring to the to the dais has been great. I've I felt like I've learned a lot in just a few months. You know, when you Thank speak, you. I can't tell if you're Drew Myers or yourself right now when you're saying so. <laughs> my very white. It's, it's. <laughs> Commissioner Ryan. Um, to Commissioner Bogan, just bring a tape measure. You can start measuring my office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Vice Mayor Sharif, I don't think you're up there, but I'll try. Vice Mayor Sharif. Commissioner Lamarca. Yes, sir. Would you have a non-agenda? Mayor. Yeah, yeah, real real brief. I want to uh I don't want to miss out on the opportunity to 
to um, give a little banter to our friend who's not going far um, other than across the street, across our boulevard, but uh, Stacy has been one of the, one of those few people, and I want to bring up somebody that you mentioned this morning, but I want to, she's been one of those few people that's been able to get me to open my mind a little bit as a as a card carrying member of the party of Abraham Lincoln and listen and, <laughs> and deal with some decisions, some issues, and I think on some of the business issues, and she made she in true Stacy fashion, she probably say she was always like that, but I think I yanked her a little bit. My way and a couple of issues, but I'm I'm uh, looking forward to working with her in a new role. Clearly, 75% of the beaches, uh, a lot of tourism and a lot of vacation folks there. So I'm going to be leaning on her expertise, and uh, she can certainly lean on mine. But I wanted I wanted to tie it back to you mentioned a because we couldn't get on this morning. I have to tell you I and and this isn't I'm, I'm going to refuse to say anything negative about any of our staff. Because it's not it's not any one person's fault, but when you're when you're when you're holding that building, as Stacy said, that leaks and everything else, well, we could put hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in there. And quite honestly, there's only so much you can do with duct tape and and uh, and gum. And ultimately, I was very frustrated this morning because I could not get get in on a couple of the conversations. Uh, but a couple of them will come back up in public hearing. But um, most importantly, I was I was uh, frustrated because I couldn't talk about a. Uh, <clears throat> A friend of mine who passed away. It was uh, it was about a, a week from the day that I heard that John had uh, leukemia, and he went from Imperial Point down to uh, probably the best cancer team in the in the state, if not uh, a bigger area, at Sylvester. And he had every bit of the best care, uh, but it wasn't to be, and uh, he ex- he expired within within a week. Uh, but I did have the opportunity to go to his to go to his service, which was at John Knox Village. And if anybody's ever been over to John Knox Village, the entire auditorium where we usually do our political debates and that type of thing was jam-packed. Um, there was an overflow room, which um, if, you look at, if you look back in your life and, and you have a well-attended funeral, I think that says a lot about you. But um, from my personal perspective, John was one of those uh, friends who could, quite honestly, he ran for, I believe he ran for state rep back in the 80s and ran for, I know he ran for state senate in, in uh, 2000 because I was uh, a neighbor at the time. And, and I can tell you that regardless of how much of a proud Democrat he was, he was always somebody that would give me uh, good advice. I would say to a degree, probably better advice than uh, I would find uh, locally in my own side of the aisle because he wasn't looking for political gain. He was looking for what he thought was the best decision I could make. So um, certainly going to miss him and Anyway, uh, two other quick things. Super Bowl 53 did not go our way, but Super Bowl 54 did. Uh, Miami will have its 11th record number of Super Bowls here in uh, 2020. And I think that says a lot for when folks like Mr. Ross buckle down and uh, instead of coming to us, they put their investment into their facility and uh, the reward is going to be plentiful for him. So congratulations to him and the team. Um, And hope maybe we can call it Joe Robbie Stadium for that one day. Uh, one final thing, and as a, uh, just really an interrogatory, when we get to dealing with some of the other issues, uh, I know that uh, with the new processing, payment processing software, I've heard that there are some delays. I'm a little concerned that I believe that uh, our, our contractor, our consultants, and the contractor is also the owner of the sand mine for the beach project, has some pretty major delays, like 120 to 100 
120 days or so uh, in in receiving payment on these services. I'm just hoping we can get that cleared up because uh, we're expecting them to come back in November, and they have been a phenomenal contractor dealing with issues as small as uh, people's uh, beach chairs all the way up to people's backyards and front yards as they brought uh, 30,000 truckloads of sand through these neighborhoods. So uh, if we could look into that, and I just want to, again, say uh, congratulations, Stacey, and I will uh, see you all next week. Well, uh, thank you, Commissioner LaMarca. And even though Commissioner Ritter won't be here, we will continue our democratic indoctrination of you, and we will turn you. Uh, we are now Commissioner Holness. Yes, uh, a couple of items. <laughs> uh, one, earlier today during the Ban the Box uh, uh, discussion, I, I refer to uh, Jill Kennedy's fiance. It should be Jill Kennedy's friends. I'd like for that to be reflected in our records. Uh, also, tomorrow evening, uh, the Turner Construction School uh, is graduating 75 students who have gone through a 12-week program uh, in construction management and uh, include bidding pro uh, procedures, uh, reading blueprints and, and a host of other things. Congratulations to all those graduate, graduates and uh, the folks who put the program together. On Saturday, Roosevelt Gardens in our unincorporated area, part of our Broad Municipal District, will be having a cleanup. I'd love to see some of you come out and assist with this. Uh, that's from 8 a.m. to 12 noon, and it's going to be at uh, Roosevelt Gardens Park which is at 2841 Northwest 11th Street. And Commissioner Ritter, over the time we've been here together, we've had our differences. But it's all a part of our democratic process. We come from different backgrounds, have different perspectives, and as such, we're going to have differences. It's never been personal. It's always about the best interest as far as I see it, for the people that I represent that elect me to be here to stand up and to push for what they want. That said, I look forward to working with you over the next few years to ensure that we're doing what's in the best interest of Broward County. And I want to wish you good luck, best wishes, and congratulations. Well said. Commissioner Bogan. You know, I really wish and pray that the person that fills your seat is as brief and to the point as you are, because that's very, oh, no, that's a compliment. Why are you looking at me like that? Yes. Yes, I really want the person that uh, replaces you. Anyway, you know how I feel. Congratulations as usual, and, uh, and I'm sure you'll do a great job. Ms. Henry. Just would like to remind the public about your favorite park. We have Slide the City, and this is one of those where you have uh, a thousand, you could get on a water slide and slide down for a thousand feet. So this is something that's happening on June the 4th at 9 a.m. again at Vista Park. Yes, that's Thank very you. exciting actually. I will be there. I, uh, I, <laughs> I keep calling Commissioner Lukic all day. County, uh, uh, Mr. Lukic. <laughs> Just one thing, Commissioner Ritter, I. Uh, Congratulate you and wish you all the best and look forward to working with you in the future. Mr. Myers, you did a great job today. Thank you, Blue Hand. Commissioner Ritter, the same. Best wishes, congratulations, and 
Agenda review, June 5th. Yeah. 8.30. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> With that said, we are adjourned.